This episode of the Major Issues Podcast is brought to you by Patreon.com slash CBC Clubhouse. Comic Book Click is on Patreon, guys. For as little as $0.10 cents a day or $3 a month, not only can you help keep the lights on here at Comic Book Click headquarters, but your donation gives you access to exclusive content like CBC commentaries, polls where you can choose what content we cover next, and special behind-the-scenes footage of things here at Comic Book Click. Visit Patreon.com slash CBC Clubhouse today and become a Patreon. And remember, you, yes you, are worthy. Hello everybody out there in comic book land, my name is George Serrano, aka The Don, and if you're listening to this, you can only be here for one reason, and it's a brand new episode of the Major Issues Podcast, brought to you by ComicBookClick.com, and as always, I am never alone. Sir, if you could please introduce yourself. Once again, it is B-Roke, aka Alex. I'm here to hang out with George. I love that you're doing the whole, like, you're Batman, and you're, you're, you're alter ego, is Bruce Wayne. You feel me? You are B-Roke and you're, you know, AKA Alex. You feel me? That's I, I like that. I like that. You understand? Damn right. That's Damn a, that's the that's right. truth in the uh, in the identity. And I, I I do not call myself Alex when I speak to myself. That's what it is. That's how that's how it needs to be, brother. Oh. <laughs> uh, we have done nothing the last since this year started but talk about the big two for the most part. Constant movie announcements, constant stories, all that was the Batman with it coming out, all the stuff, you know, that the MCU seems to be moving forward. And we'll get back on that train eventually. But every ever so often, we get to take the scenic route through, you know, lesser known comic runs and lesser known stories out there uh, across the comic spectrum. And you have been sir, quite a uh, shaman, if you will, of these of these books. And you've picked two particular stories for us to cover today. You picked uh, Stray Dogs and Primordial, uh, which we'll be diving into deeply. Um, we're going to start with Stray Dogs. How did this book end up on your radar? Um, Stray Dogs ended up on my radar uh, because of some people whose reviews I follow and just kind of shop talk. Okay. It was one of these these weird books that it grabs your attention because initially when you see it, most people love dogs. So they go, oh, yeah. <laughs> a book about dogs. Right. And then the way it looks, you're thinking, oh, this is something I'm going to pick up for myself and my kids or any other kids in my life or even people who just love dogs. Right. And then once you read about the first, not even the first entire issue, the first like 10 pages, you're just like, oh, this yeah. is not for <laughs> this is not for children. This 100%. is not at all for children. Um, and from there, it was just like, hey, this is something very different, something very weird. Let's keep it going, you know. Um, and as as you, people who who know who know the the podcast know, I like weird stuff. Um, the big t- <laughs> the, the the big two is my home. I don't get me wrong. I, I everyone loves Marvel, loves DC, but they they kind of stay in their lane for the most part you know what i mean whereas yeah. the independent publishers the images the dark horses the um the vaults the uh the valiants you know they they they're willing to go into these other 
far far left or far right stories and just tell these wacky things and this is something that i could never see marvel or dc coming close to publishing so so having the opportunity to sit here and talk about this very weird book i'm so down for it uh yeah it it definitely is all those things and to echo your statement um the two the big two can get pretty safe you know, one of the biggest things we were talking about, I want to say last year, was this whole future state, right, for DC, mm-hmm. where they are seemingly changing the status quo across their line, um, and they're still yet to solidify that. Like, they're still working on <laughs> getting us there, kind of, um, but it, it always seems like it, it just goes back to the same stuff. Um, you know, it was recently announced that they were doing a Riddler comic based on the Batman film. And it's like, well, we're going back, you know, back to the well again. We're going back to the same kind of stories. Right. And it, it can get a bit exhausting. But like you said, these other comic book publishers are allowed to get a bit more experimental. And because these stories don't run for 80 issues, even though I wouldn't have been upset if it did, um, it, it can be a classic. It, can cl- it closes the book and can sit as a classic uh, without diluting itself by continuing to go on and meander for too long. Um, one of the things I do when I read comics, it just helps with the immersive experience, is I try to listen to a score while I read the comic, right? I get a kind of mm. feel of the comic, and I try to listen to instrumentals either from a film or just in general, uh, and it really helps you know, push that. So like I was reading The Long Halloween, but I was playing the current Batman score to kind of get my head into where I was going to end up seeing when the film came out. So I'm re- I see this book, right? Know nothing about it. Know nothing about this book or Primordial. I did not do research on purpose because I didn't want to get any kind of blurb said to me. I was just going to read it as is. So I see the, I open the first page and the first page is an adorable little girl, uh, dog, female dog. And we'll get into mm-hmm. the recap and stuff. But I see that dog and I'm looking through the pages and I'm like, this is like Disney. Like, this is like, <laughs> this is, I, I'm like, I don't, I don't specifically know why uh, Alex has recommended this to me, Mr. B-Roke, but maybe it's a thing about like, we're all kind of strays in a way and we have to learn to kind of, you know, get with the pack when we're brought in by loving people. And maybe this dog isn't, you know, ready to be, uh, you know, tamed. Maybe it's a thing on behavior. I'm trying to figure this out as I read it. But as I'm getting through the pages, I'm like, you know what? Screw it. I I can't beat the aesthetic of this book. I put on the score for Up. (laughs) <laughs> the Pixar, the Pixar classic. Up. I read this book. I get to the twist. My jaw drops. I immediately message Dan, the comic book man. I say, "Listen, you need to read Stray Dogs issue one now and tell me what you think because I am going through a whole bunch of emotions. And while I'm going through these emotions, the themes from Up is playing in the background." <laughs> And I don't know how I'm supposed to feel about any of this. Um, But without uh, giving away spoilers, what was your first impression of the book before and after the twist? Were you aware of the twist going in? Um, uh, Unfortunately, yes, I was. Okay. I was. I was. However, it's still very... it makes you feel safe when you, when you yeah, still disarms for, you, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah, you know, just like oh, you, you, you. This is so cute. It's, it's a dog. Um, just a little background into this. The creators for this book are actually the the guys who are who I don't know if they're still doing it, but they are the ones who are doing um, 
My Little Pony comics. Yes, exactly. So think of that aesthetic. Think of those exactly, big right, right, guys. eyes. Yes, the, guys. You know. Yeah, put put into put into your mind. Even I, I know most most people out there aren't bronies, but <laughs> we've all seen the commercials. You've seen the toys. You've probably seen some bronies out there. So you get you get imagine with that 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 pastel, big eyed, cutesy lovingness. Yep. Um, the idea you basically look it, it. It almost looks like a Disney movie. A hundred percent. And you, so you're you're going through it just like just like uh um uh just like George here is saying you're going through it and you're like this is very like feels very sweet and tender like what's going on here, and then you get to that oh oh snap moment and you're like yeah. okay I'm not reading what I thought I was reading hundred percent you know uh um so you know um a cool a cool little thing about the book is some people kind of seen it coming I do know because. Um, I'm not a big horror fan. Are you? Are you a big horror fan? I'm. A, I'm a. I, I'm knowledgeable about horror more so than I like it. If that makes any sense. My sister was a big horror fan, so I get all the tropes and the homages and even the posters that they did for the. You know. Yes. For this. Yes. Yeah. I, I didn't so, get that. So, so a lot of people who are into horror, they knew they saw it coming. Like my friends at the comic shop, they're like, "Oh, dude, you from cover number one? Couldn't you tell what it was t- saying?" Like that's I don't even remember what it was. It was like that's that's the that's an homage to this horror movie movie poster. And I'm like, I have yeah. no idea. Right. After 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 the '80s, when I was you know, I'm pretty sure any like most people our age, um, right. or even a little older, I think we were like forced to watch horror movies. Yeah, you know, it's yeah. not like nowadays. Where, where all these movie ratings and oh my god everyone's so conscious of it i remember just being like oh yeah we're all watching friday the 13th everybody from from the adults all the way to the to the six month old in the corner in the playpen yeah, yeah. Like, and oh, it was yeah, popcorn right. right it was popcorn right. it was, entertainment it wasn't meant right. to be like deep and psychological and any no. of that kind of stuff no right? oh and th- what this is gonna harm anybody in any way no i remember just every watching all these creepy ass horror movies back in the day just with as as family movies you know the same way people pop on disney plus now and Throw, oh let's watch little mermaid or whatever it was like i and i and i know i'm not alone in this i know i'm not no, i went not, to other definitely. people's houses I, I went to other people's houses it was the same thing oh yeah everybody's watching halloween too everybody's watching you know a sleepaway camp everybody's watching my bloody valentine the original one you know oh, it, 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 right you know and it was just common practice not like nowadays where people are like oh my god uh, it's it's pg-13 but why exactly and then they right. sit there and they can research online that oh they say thirteen they drop the shit bombs thirteen times and right. they show half they show half a boob. There's and, mild and, and sexuality in this. There's Meanwhile, my, right. there's gang bangs and Jason and he just <laughs> he's killing he's hacking and slashing his way through those. Right, teams. and nobody cared back then. It was just you know yeah. oh, cover your eyes, cover your eyes, cover your eyes. Uh, yeah. You didn't cover your eyes. Ah, no big deal. Whatever. You know what I mean? So 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 I I. I some of these movie posters i just don't know so when you see the covers of some of these comics you don't you don't see it coming you don't see it coming you open it up and you're just like oh man look a bunch of dogs in one room everybody's smiling and panting and oh so it reminds me of you know my do- all dogs go to heaven or i, I, or have, I literally or, wrote down all dogs go to heaven <laughs> yeah 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 all dogs go to heaven or or, or oliver and company almost you Bro, know what i mean like, i wrote down oliver and company slash all dogs go to heaven <laughs> there it is it's a it, it, it's it's I, i'm certain that this is exactly why it was done um but here we get to the end. I mean, it's kind of introduced in the first page, in that, in that, or not the first page. Oh, yeah, you, the, oh no, no, there's, not a, even. there's an element of the story introduced in the first page with the scarf. You see the scarf in the very first yes. page. Yes, uh, yes. Something I didn't realize until I started taking my notes. 
uh, I I just blew past all that. I didn't know what to look for. Now when you reread, all the all the stuff is there. It gets worse on reread <laughs> because you yeah. Could, You've already seen the surface level stuff. Now you're looking in the background. You're like, oh, none of this is good. Um, no, it's just it's just super creepy when you do go back and look through everything. You know, yeah. even even the whole idea of, well, why is she in this situation? You know what I mean? You know, the, um, the, the, how the story the story starts is, you know, she's sitting there on her owner's lap at in yeah. a veterinary clinic. And the next thing you know, after the after they do her little checkup, the dog is going seemingly to some other place. Right. She shows up in this room full of dogs with now there's a there's a guy. Yeah. There's a guy. And it, no, and, it's, and nothing's I, I, answered. There's nothing, there's nothing, you know, explained or answered. You just saw her with a female owner, and now all of a sudden, you know, she's got a right. male one. So it's just like, wait, what happened? Did, did the owner give her up? Was she stolen? Was the owner maybe going, putting her to sleep? And this maybe this that's is what I was thinking. I was like, oh my god, what's and, going on? And the, here? And, the vet, and, and the veterinarian saved her, didn't put her to sleep, but just like took her home. And now, oh, he shelters all these dogs. Oh, that's why it's called stray dogs. Oh, this guy's exactly. so sweet. It all this guy's so you know, and then it gets, yeah, then it gets and, dark uh, it's just you know, and then you, oh man, look, there's a dog with only one arm. Are you missing an arm? And you could tell all these dogs have all these different personalities, and they're happy in their house, and they have this big yard, and wow, yeah. this is so cute. And then we get to this one page where where they're talking about all the rooms they can and can't go to, and you start to get that sliver of just how the horror of this, where oh, you can't go in this room. And you get this, you see just the red in the room, which is that classic horror. Horror, movie. yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. When you see red, that means blood and all this stuff. And you're like, okay, Demonic or yeah. Right. That. And, yeah. and and to and as a you know, um, as the as the, the book is kind of telegraphing to you, it, it, the, the, the she pees, the new dog, the new dog yeah. in the room pees on herself. And you're mm -hmm. thinking, oh man, she's obviously just being the weak dog look at all these other dogs they're all happy but it's really the the writer here telling you no 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 there's there's the reason for this for you to be scared how do you say in, the writer's in, last in name it's tony um, fleeks I, I didn't look up how to pronounce it but I, uh, let's let's stick with fleeks <laughs> like kinda, tony fleeks yeah 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 <laughs> and then uh trish off for Forstner, Forstner, Forstner. What they yeah, do with, well with this, with this being a horror, as you find out as it unfolds, is that you care about the protagonist. Too many movies nowadays, I want the protagonist to die, so I'm cheering for the killer because they're annoying. Oh yeah, I mean, big time, big time, big time, big time. I mean, especially if you if you're a dog lover, you know, oh, um, right in the fields. You know, right, you know what I mean? Like you, 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 you're you're seeing this frightened dog from the beginning, and then you see this big room full of all these different types of, of dogs and the artist does a great job of really capturing their personalities and where they came from right on their faces like you look in yeah. the room all oh, you 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 can tell what kind of dog this came from or and the kind of personality this dog has and, oh yeah I, that's that's exactly how pugs look and oh yeah that chihuahua that, that's on point you know all yeah. the the cute dalmatian that's missing i arm. mean rusty the german shepherd looks just like the dog from all dogs go to heaven like he looks mm -hmm. just like the main one from that and yeah like you get this entire home of these eclectic animals and again first things i'm thinking of is oliver and company all dogs go to heaven all right. that kind of stuff there um you get um 
yeah, they're, they're like showing her around. They're like, yeah, this is the backyard. They show her like these taxidermied animals, which that was the first thing I was like, right. wait a minute, what's going on here? Right, <laughs> right. Guys got a lot right. of stuffed animals. Um, the the room you said that they're not allowed into, whatever. And so like she gets all scared. Like you said, she uses the bathroom. She hides and falls asleep. And when she wakes up, the new owner comes up and is like, "Oh my God, you must be freezing here. You know, wrap yourself in this scarf." And so she's. Right. She gets wrapped in this bright red scarf. She sniffs. She takes a sniff of this scarf, and her memories come flooding back. Um, one of the things that was told to us early on in the vet visit where she's getting vaccinated is that the vet uh, perceives dogs to have short-term memory and that, and that they don't recall things as easily as humans do. And that's something that reoccurs in this story as the dogs seemingly all forget at various points what they're doing, why they're there, how they got there, etc. And so she doesn't remember anything, but all of a sudden in smelling this, she her eyes just bulge out in fear and she remembers her new owner strangling her old one to death. This is the moment where I, I pick up my phone. I'm like, Dan, you need to read this comic. Then he messages me back and goes, what did I just read? And I'm like, bro, <laughs> this is what I'm going through here. But the but the art does so much of the lifting as well, right? The the, the way that they move these panels, the, the all red of the memories, of these horrific memories, these traumatizing memories of right. this strange man murdering their owners it's ridiculous so good no no and i mean i mean and think about it he's giving this dog oh here here you're cold i'm gonna comfort you with the red scarf of your owner which i used to kill her <laughs> to murder her to, to, yep. to, to strangle her to death and it all comes flooding back you yep. know like you said earlier in the story they talked about the whole idea of how dogs lack um short-term memory to some degree yeah. but um i guess the smell and what are they what are they, I mean, i've always been told that smell is the actually the, the strongest sense connected to memory i've heard that as well you know so the dog smells this scarf remembers her owner and of course what do they remember this horrific detail of of, of their life yep. um and immediately she's just like, "Yo, your your, your owner's a ma the master here is, is is a murderer. She he killed he killed my owner and everybody on the every, all the other dogs just like, nah." <laughs> yeah, and some and some of the older ones even take offense. Like, well, are you kidding me? I would have known if he was a murderer. Like, you fucking right. ridiculous. Who are you? You just got here like today. Like, what are you talking about? Um, and they go to bed, and that night, Sophie recalls her master's last moments, you know? And Rusty comes over and is like, listen, you know, you wouldn't have said that for no reason. I don't think that you're a liar, and why would you lie about something like that? Tomorrow, we'll figure out what this whole thing is about. And she's like, what whole thing? Right, because the memory <laughs> is, is, is just like, huh? And I'm like, oh my God, what the hell? Where, like, now what? What am, I, what am I dealing with here? Like a mystery that every couple seconds is just going to wipe itself clean because the, the protagonist can't seem to remember. So yeah, no, it, 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 that kind of reminded me of uh, 50 First Dates. Yes. Yeah. You know what I mean? Adam was it 10 Second Tom? Remember they had a character, I think 10 Second Tom that's in the in the Yes, oh in the, in the in the in the mental institution. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Yes. And he, yes every yes, 10 yes. seconds. Wow. He, wow. Hello. You you have a good memory. Wow. I totally <laughs> I, I forgot about that. That's my favorite uh romantic comedy. <laughs> I think it's incredibly sweet. <laughs> I think it's sweeter you know? than the notebook in a way, but that's a discussion for another <laughs> another, <laughs> for time. another time. That's a, that, that's another time. But um yeah, so like he here here here's he's basically doing his Adam Sandler routine. Oh, I'm gonna help you. 
and mm-hmm. he's and and you know um what's your name sophie help me with sophie but what's the actress's name oh uh drew barrymore <laughs> drew, ba- drew barrymore is just like what are you talking about who are you what 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 are you, what are you, what are you doing I'm like, this is breaking my heart because it's seemingly we almost had a partnership here. And it's all just a fake out. It's like when a when a comic character gets shot at the last page and then the first page opens up and it's like, oh, no, I'm good. <laughs> Everything, everything's straight. Well, no, well, no. The, I mean, what's cool is the, the and this is one thing I, I, I wonder if the the, the writer must have I, I must have done their research, because if you if you notice throughout the book, the different dogs do show different levels of memory. Yes. I feel, and I and I'm wondering if that's the writer showing. Hey, I did my research on different dogs. You know, they say they do say that different breeds of dogs are smarter than other dogs, right? You know, and they so in this case, things faster they, they, they catch on to things faster. So I mean, the, I believe I believe uh, Rusty here is a, a German Shepherd. Yeah, and he immediately kind of catches it. Like, wait a minute, you you said you got the memory when he gave you the scarf. Let me go get that red scarf and see if that helps you. And right. that's where we kick off the next issue. He comes back with it like, hey, here you go. I got it. Smell this thing again. And yeah, as soon as she smells it again, boom, the the the, the worst memory of her life just comes flooding back. <laughs> more murder. Back Man, more, more murder, murder, right? Just like, just like, oh. And I do I do love the fact that this, this again, in the, in the innocence of the story, I love the fact that it's very Muppet Baby-like yeah. and that you never, you never see the people's heads. It's no, it's very no. it's it's very nanny. You, you you see you maybe see the torso, some of the arms, but it's mostly just just the feet. And it, that right. reminded me of Muppet Babies. But yet again, that's that's another wholesome to this army. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It, it, it plays with your of memory of that kind of media, right? And it, it disarms you. And like you were saying, like there's a murder mystery going on, but some right. of the other dogs are like, "Hey, I got a bone. Do you want a bone? Let's go run after that bone." <laughs> exactly. <laughs> While that murder mystery is going on, they're other they're still doing cute things in the back. Mm-hmm. yeah which 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 would mess with me which would mess me as i'm reading this thing i you know you, you're you're sitting there getting all these details in the murder but then like you said oh yeah by the way uh imogene uh she lost my ball in the other room and i'm reading it going is that a clue to the right to right the, right to, and then you realize no this, this is the dogs being dogs yeah. <laughs> yeah. this is them just being dumb dogs <laughs> so you like you have to like for you have to like forget that detail you know what i mean like i mean it just reminded me of when you're trying to do a, a group project mm-hmm. you know and you got say, like five people working on a group project you got like maybe maybe two or three people who really give a damn and you yeah. got the other two idiots who are sitting there going they're beatboxing hey, dude, look, in the background yeah, yeah they're <laughs> beatboxing or hey check out what kanye check out what kanye just tweeted out you know what i right. mean or oh dude who's got my who's got my earbuds right. you know what i mean like yo bro we're trying to get work done here uh, shut up <laughs> yeah a, a true freaking murder mystery and of course obviously like a mystery they decide that like it has to be what's in the secret room like there has to be more answers in there um and the room is usually unlocked but this time it isn't uh so rusty and sophie go in to investigate finding really nothing at first a lot of women's clothing <laughs> just right just which which i mean I, 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 from that that innocence factor on their half they're just kind of like oh it's a room full of clothing but yeah. for us as the reader, for me, this was haunting. Yeah. You walk yeah. into a room full of women's clothing in a in a single man's house <laughs> who you right. already know. You're getting these. He's a murderer. This is like all the clothes of all his victims. 
Right. This is horrid. This is horrid. And it's not, uh, guys, it's not just like, oh, a shirt and a blouse and a, it's a room, a yeah. big ass room full of women's clothing. And if you even look carefully in one, in, on one of the mannequins, you see a belt tied around the neck. God so like it's, 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 it's almost like he practices on these things, you know right. what I mean? And you get, and you see, you see some tools in there. You see some fixtures that like, Oh, he probably used that. He could have used that to kill this person. Yeah. So it's just, it's horrid. And the dogs kind of get the creepy feeling of it, but still nothing solid. Like they're, no. you know, you know, it's, it's a dog. I mean, think, think about, think about your dog for everybody who's got a dog. I have a dog. There have been times you, you you accidentally step on the dog, you you kick it across the room, you know, you maybe forget to feed it, but right. the dog still does backflips for you. Right. So that's what this dog is going through right now. Like they don't really this. question our behavior. Our behavior is no. strange to them, so they don't even question it. No, no. And especially when for, for from the dog's perspective, they're like, this dude feeds us, he gives us a big yard. Brought us indoors, he, you know. He brought us indoors. You know what I mean? Like, mm, there's no way this person could be doing this. But now it's all starting to unravel. So it's just like the place they thought they were safe is proving itself maybe not so much to be safe. Yep. Um, you know, and then they stumble across more taxidermy. So you're starting to get more ideas of where they're gonna, you know. But right. and then and then she even says it. She's like, oh my god this one's a dog and you know he's real quick to say no 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 it's a coyote there there are yeah. coyotes in the area he he, he hunts wild animals right the dog he takes care of us dogs yeah so, yeah yeah you don't hurt us you know here it's animals he just wouldn't hurt us like, okay. right 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 <laughs> okay, there's that just just like with humans you know what i mean there's that line there's yeah. that line where it's like oh yeah we eat chickens we eat uh cows and when we get once we get to horses, we kind of stop there and beyond. Yeah, <laughs> you know, you know what I mean. But mm, but like this guy, is he really? Is he really that that noble a person? No, we we know that, but they haven't quite accepted it yet. Right, a hundred percent. And they get into that box. I think Sophie gets inside of a box, um, and then the door swings open, and the new owner comes in. He's pissed that these dogs are running about his trophy room. Uh, he kicks Rusty out of the room verbally and physically. There's a there's a like a yip yip. <laughs> so, yep, yep. <laughs> it's a it's a kick followed by a yip. Yeah, yeah. He's not he's not doing good. Um, but he doesn't notice Sophie in the box because Sophie's so super small. Um, and so she runs into the closet. All of this is horror. Like once she's in the closet, this is all just a horror scene. Cause um, she gets into the closet and he, the owner comes back in and he seems to be practicing what I believe to be his like dog park banter. Yes. Like the stuff he is going to say once he goes to the dog park. Cause we find out that that's his, that's how he finds his victims. Um, yes, and sir. so he's, he's just like practicing this stuff. Um, and when Sophie knocks over a box of photographs in the closet, um, after briefly remembering that her female owner took her to a dog park where she probably met this shadowy new fucking owner, the man, which is what I'll be referring to him as uh, going forward, goes to investigate, but he's distracted when Rusty breaks a lamp in the living room. I'm thinking Rusty did right. that on purpose, but I'm not 100% sure. No, I'm pretty sure they did. I'm pretty sure. But to go back to that scene where she's she's in this closet. You know, again, this is the room where he keeps all the clothes and memorabilia of his kills. It was very reminiscent of Halloween. If you mm. guys remember that classic scene of Halloween where um, Jamie Lee Curtis 
is in the closet with with the 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 the, the folding blinds. Yes, yeah. You know, she, you know, that's she where she stabs homeboy in the there. eye, right? <laughs> that's where she stabs him in the eye with the hanger, right? Right, right. And that's that's, that's exactly what I mean. Even the way you briefly, you can, you this is like the most you see his face, at least up until up until this point, you see his face through the blinds, and it very mm. much reminded me because the way he kind of even draws his head is it reminds me of Michael Myers. So right. I just thought like, oh, this, you know, this dude just loves horror, but he's got a sick personality on which how he likes to depict it. You, you, you right. sick, you sick freak. Well, we love you for <laughs> this book is, this book is awesome. And, and yeah, like, like, you, like you said, right when he busts into this closet, um, the, the, the rusty the, uh, purposefully caused a ruckus on the first floor because he knows though, she's still trapped in that room. Yeah. And if I got, if I, if me, the super loved dog who's been with with him for so long is getting getting kicked for it what's the new girl gonna get so 100%. i think that's that's what he what he's thinking you know i gotta gotta save her before she gets even more trouble than i got into but in doing so he gets himself in massive trouble and this mm -hmm. is really where even the other dogs start to go maybe the master ain't so cool as we thought because he yeah. he leashes him and he brings him out to the shed and the dogs even say that that, that this this is punishment so it's something that must have happened in the past, right? But not they so know frequently. that this is the this is the this is how the, this world works. They do something right. wrong, master will take them to the shed and they will get punished, quote unquote. Right. Um, but he, he, they don't really explain what happens. And later that night, Rusty comes out and he's limping, but he won't explain why. Right. But but I love that in that room again, we get that that classic red light, horror, right? yeah. the red light that yeah 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 yeah. You know, you could just totally feel that you know what i mean no totally and yeah you, for me i was even expecting uh the dog to be more more maimed the fact that he came out just a little hurt yeah was like okay this is more of him him pandering to the dogs keep making the other dogs feel feel safe yeah you yeah. know what i mean where but we but we as the reader know yo dude this is this is going downhill fast you got it yeah you've you got know? to get out of there yeah, um, like we got to, we got to, we got to, like, oh, we got to figure this out quick. When they get out, they speak to another dog named Aldo, and they question him about what happened when the man took him out that day. And Aldo explains that they went to the dog park, they met a nice lady and a nice dog, and when they left, the man took Aldo on another ride, seemingly stalking said lady and taking photos of her. The yeah, first you, story was you, nice. The second one wasn't so nice. Yeah, like oh, creepy. I love the fact that he calls the camera a click box. Yeah, it was, yeah. He, he used this click box. You know, uh, yes, yeah, like oh, super creepy, super and, creepy. And then Sophie's like a freaking um, prosecutor. She's like, was it this person? And she pulls out a photo. <laughs> You know, and it's like, no, I don't know. I don't recognize him, Your Honor. And then somebody in the background goes, I do. And you turn and it's uh, we find out that later on that this dog is named Roxy. But um, yeah, another dog recognizes the woman in the photo as her previous owner. Mm -hmm. And so now dots are starting to get connected. It's not just a Sophie thing. And thus, one could just surmise that it's probably all of them, most likely all of them. And that's a scary ass thought because that's a lot of dogs. <laughs> It's a lot of dogs. Yeah, yeah, guys. It's 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 a it's about ten different dogs. Um, this is a very short story, so I apologize that we're not giving you more names because they yeah. are rattled out. There's there's Imogene, there's Aldo, there's Rusty, there's Sophie, Earl, Sophie, Earl, right, Earl, Victor. Mm -hmm. Uh, yeah, there's a lot. Roxanne, 
Roxanne, right. But um, Sophie theorizes that they have to get back inside the secret room again so she can convince the other dogs about the man's nefarious actions against her previous owners. But Rusty's not so sure. This is when Rusty starts to... I don't know, maybe, maybe the attack in the shed. I didn't thought about that, but maybe the attack in the shed has him a little bit trepidatious in this because um, he's uncharacteristically not supportive in this moment because um, Roxy recounts her old owner... And it's a shame she ever forgot her. And so Earl, one of the man's first pets, he's like the freaking, um, I, <laughs> I guess the most polite way to say this is he's the house dog. <laughs> yes. 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 I, 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 wanted, I wanted to call him the Uncle Tom, but I know right. when Uncle Tom is actually wrong. Like right, apparently right. that's that's something that's that's one of those terms that that was made but it caught on but it was wrong but y- you know what yeah. i mean i, I yeah. like i like what you said house dog house dog is actually way better house yeah. dog is way better yeah he's just like nah heck no man you, you guys don't know what you're talking about the the, ma- the master's cool man master's cool what's the term in- institutionalized right like uh like um yes. Shawshank redemption like he's been in the jail so exactly. long exactly he's, he's now ratting out other <laughs> jailmates and shit like he thinks you know, he's oh, one I, of and, and and just to emphasize the house dogness, what do they call the guy? Master. Oh yeah. man, this is so messed up. Yeah, this is that's so messed master. up. And the master feeds me, and the master takes us out. You can't. Why would you ever say that? So like, like Earl starts to gaslight Roxanne. Yeah, big saying, time. Like, what like, yo, you, you made remember, it up. Yeah, what yo, you remember, memories. you don't remember. Like why? Why happened. all of a sudden you're remembering it now? Right. The odds are it never happened. You, you're making all this stuff up. You're being all dramatic. Come on, be for real. You really think that happened? And he's like, I would tell you know, like we're dogs. We would have smelled it. All this other kind of stuff. Um, and so like Sophie tries to think of ways they could stay reminded because if memory is the thing that people are tripping up on, whether or not it's real or not, if they have like tokens where they can be reminded, then possibly they will stay reminded, and thus everyone stays on the same focus. And Rusty is like, I don't know, man. It doesn't really sound like, and she just flips on his ass. <laughs> she turns around and she's like, "What about you, huh? What What do you remember? How do you get here? Where's your owner?" And Rusty's like, "I, I, I, I don't know. Like, I, 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 I just don't know." And so, like, it really shows you that even though some of them feel steadfast in thinking that the master's innocent, a lot of them can't prove it. A lot of them don't have the memory to prove it, and they all right. start to kind of question it. Um. Which I think, yeah, absolutely ridiculous. And then uh, it's feeding time. So the majority of the dogs head to the house, but Roxy smells something and goes to investigate mm-hmm. alongside Rusty and Sophie. Victor the Dalmatian just shows up out of curiosity. Cute little boy. You know, 101 Dalmatian style. Mm-hmm. And uh, the, three, the, the, the three-legged dog, guys. The yes, three-legged dog. The, the three-legged dog shows up. Um, and all the dogs are shocked to find seemingly unmarked graves in the crawl space of the house, which yes. is like, what the fuck? I'm over here thinking like, okay, all the other stuff was bad, but like, I don't know why I didn't think he would might have put the bodies underneath his crawl space. That's right. Even worse. Oh, another thing to note: when the book starts and Sophie is wakes up in the home, when the man comes in to feed them, he comes in a white unmarked van. <laughs> he does yes. own a red station wagon, but he shows yes. up in a white unmarked van. Yes. So yes. just keep that in mind, people. That's the kind of man we're dealing with right now. It's absolutely <laughs> ridiculous. Um, the man sees the doors to the crossways open and he goes to check them out, but the dogs manage to hide and get back inside in time. Uh, they recall what they saw, but the other dogs seem to not believe them. 
When Roxanne finds a scrap of fabric, Victor smells it and suddenly remembers being saved from a house fire and taken in by a firefighter. He also remembers the man strangling that firefighter with his bare hands, but the restrained dog could not get free fast enough to help. I think that might be actually the worst. Because he looked like he wanted to help and he's stuck on, on his leash around the door. And oh my god, how horrifying that must have been. Um... And so because he was raised by a firefighter, he's like, oh, I know what to do. We need to call 911 because if you press this button and it's an emergency, we can get help. But they're dogs, so they can't speak English. Right. So while they're all while they're all trying to, you know, save their asses and be use this newfound ingenuity, yeah. the house dog is being a snitch. Yeah, he just takes one look at them, disapproves and goes and gets the man. And the thing is, this is this scene here is equal parts adorable and heartbreaking because you are watching a bunch of dogs calling for help calling emergency yep. services to save themselves from being murdered and it, to nothing because they obviously nothing was going to happen where they're going to keep barking and so the man shows up uh he punishes victor by bringing him to the shed but instead of bringing him inside, he takes him out back and a gunshot is heard. Um, and so I just wrote this down because there's a line that said other dogs start to think that um, Omijin, uh, who's another longstanding pet of the man, has been hiding their memory trinkets. So now we got people, got dogs working against dogs up in this. You understand? Like, we, we, like uh, it, it's ridiculous this the interplay and the almost a weird sociological stuff that's been happening with these dogs is stockholm syndrome for some of them you know mm -hmm. of just being around and not really understanding what's going on um so earl like i said earl tried and true he still thinks the man is innocent he denies that victor is dead he's like maybe he's still in the shed like rusty um and despite mounting suspicions he stays loyal to the man and when the man takes off for the day earl and sophie get into an argument about what they can and cannot remember their shouting match gets interrupted when rusty says he can remember his previous owner and then he tells the pack that the man broke into his house and murdered his previous owner in their home as the others try to console him and consider running away together earl begins to threaten them but is caught off by sophie accusing him of telling on victor and getting him killed again all of like this entire scene feels like it's from a movie like it feels like it's from a and i can't think of what movie it is but it's like you probably got, you know, you I remember like, I think it was like the longest yard, the, 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 some of the prisoners are working with the guards to kill people or something oh, to, like that. To, yeah. Yeah. And, and they, and they kill, and they kill Chris Rock. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like that kind of stuff. Like, like I, I was getting, uh, reminiscing about all that kind of stuff there. And, um, yeah, she's like, you probably got Victor killed. And so everyone was like, <gasps> and they all look at, at Earl and Earl really can't defend himself. He's like stuttering and he, he really doesn't have a, an alibi for any of this. Um, determined to prove Victor's fate, Sophie heads over to the shed. The dogs find a patch of blood near the shed. And when Sophie goes in to investigate, she's horrified, but, um, by what she sees and implores others not to look inside. But of course they do. Uh, they find, <laughs> okay. What they find is the skin and the skull of Victor held up on display amongst other dog skulls. Like, literally yes. horror stuff. So, they try to run away, but the backyard gate is too high. They attempt to leave through the front door, but it's locked. 
Inside the house, Earl curls up to nap in front of the secret room, but he notices that the door is ajar. He goes in sniffing and finds a, a locked locker uh, who smells, oh, no, just a locker, <laughs> who smells unlocked memories of when he was a puppy and the man gave him some treats. He then remembers that the treats were a distraction as he murdered his former owner and took Earl to the farmhouse and introduced him to the other dogs, just like Sophie. The horrifying moment, though, is when you see this same kind of juxtaposition of his introduction to the other dogs. It's a whole new set of dogs, which means that seeing as we don't see any of these dogs, <laughs> when, when Sophie gets there, uh, something happened to them. And that is confirmed. Uh, and that moment of clarity, clarity is made even more prevalent when the locker doors are open and he finds the heads of every dog that was there before him inside propped up like a demented trophy room. There is. What the there hell, is, bro? Yeah. What no, the I mean, hell? <laughs> I, mean, I mean, right, because, you know, um, you know, the, the, the previous issue ends with this horrific moment of, oh, shit, he seemingly has just murdered one of the dogs. We're pretty sure he murdered one of the dogs. But then yeah. the next issue immediately starts with Earl having these memories of when he must have first met the master and mm -hmm. the master's being all cute with him, but we know what's going on. He's in this pink room, which we know is not his room. Right. He's feeding, he's giving Earl as a puppy, these treats. And, and Earl's adorable. Earl's an and adorable Earl, puppy. Earl, 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 a cute little puppy. And just like most sociopaths or people who are trying to do nefarious things, one of the last things he says to him is Shh, no barking, you know, kind yeah. of like when a lot, a lot of, a lot of, um, victimizers will will tell people you know no no you don't tell anybody anything or keep it keep it down or you know this is just for me and you so it was very creepy the shh, no barking you know what i mean it's kind of like no talking you know what i mean or no no that's it to keep your mouth shut and yeah. throughout this issue you know the the, the it, 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 like you said um sophie calls him out calls him out on on everything um she throws it in his face like yo we know you you ratted you're a rat, you know, where, while all of us were trying to save our, our skins, literally, um, you're just, you're, you're just, you're ratting on us to the master. Yeah. Now, how, Imogene, Imogene, mind you, is this large dog. Um, like a sheep dog almost, almost some kind of sheep dog or St. Bernard kind of thing. Yeah. But she never, she never talks. She never no. talks. I'm trying to, what did you gather from her? Is it, is it, she doesn't want to talk about the horror that she knows is really going on? You know, is she also just as nefarious in all this as Earl? Um, because, I, that's what, that was my initial first belief because she seemed like she was someone there for a long time, but it almost is, it, it was as if she waited till everyone else got mobilized before she chose to. So I wondered maybe she was just not willing to be, put her head in the chopping block. Mm -hmm. She was willing to let everyone else millions of uh, not millions but you know a lot dozens of dogs to get killed so long as she stood alive and fed and and, and kept and kept well yeah because at, at one of the points when when earl is like he, now now at this point he's talking to himself he's he's he is kind of the the group has lost faith in him mm -hmm. so he's yelling at himself throughout the house and imogene just walks by him and nudge and bumps into him and just looks at him and, and this is right before he decides to venture into that into that that trophy room of, of the of the masters yeah so i felt like there was an exchange there because there's nothing that interaction is, is no like you're just saying that interaction is shown to be something significant and i kept looking at it trying to figure out exactly what it was and i couldn't decipher it you know what i mean and to me it was just like hey man you you know the deal you do yeah. know the truth you know what i mean so stop doubting yourself you know like right, we're the only ones here you. we were the ogs like 
Let it rock. We, right. And like you said, she, he eventually gets into the trophy room and finds the heads of all the dogs he met when he was a puppy, much like Sophie, when, you know, she's introduced to the whole room full of dogs, he's introduced to this whole room full of dogs that were as a reader. We're like, okay, we don't know any of these dogs. Right. Huh? What horrible road are we about to go down? And then you see the locker full of dog heads, which, which the, now that I'm looking, yep. Rusty's Rusty's head is already up there. Oh, wow. So yeah, this, this, this bastard. This, and, this horrific. What the cool part is, is that it is horrific, but the revelation both shocks and angers Earl, and he turns on the man. And the man, obviously, you know, you don't dig anyone turning on him. So he points a shotgun at him, but it, you get this standoff in the uh, penultimate issue of the loyal dog, the one that stood by him, now turning on him as he seemingly remembers all that madness. Um, so the man tries to discipline Earl for going uh, into the secret room. Earl lunges, eyes full of hate, and takes a bite out of the man's neck. We hear a shotgun blast, and Earl comes running out of the room, his mouth covered in blood. We hear another shotgun blast, and it takes a chunk out of the wall. Earl runs to tell the others what he saw, but the man catches up, and he loads another round, intent on shooting and killing Earl, who's at the bottom of the steps. But out of nowhere, like a run-in in professional wrestling, Emojin gets up and pounces on the man from behind, sending him careening down the stairs and further injuring him as he bleeds out from his neck wound. I'm like, okay, that, you know, here comes a new challenger, Emojin, trying to help out here. Um, it just gets sadder from here because knowing the door is locked, Earl sacrifices his body by using it to crash through the bay window, the glass cutting him up like confetti. He just has all these scars and stuff because they already, like, when the last issue we already established, they can't go through the backyard. The fence is too high. They can't go through the front door because the door is locked. But they have this bay window. And so he just uses his body, smashes through it, instructs the others to run. They try to, but the man is now back up after them with his shotgun he manages to shoot roxanne in the hind leg and goes for another killer shot but sophie bites him on his ankles before he can deliver the blow the dogs are trapped between the man with the shotgun and the freeway and they, they don't know how to stop the cars so, and they're not going to run to the man so they're trying to figure out what to do and you can see earl give a thoughtful look at the cars and i'm like oh my god earl you better fucking not <laughs> but when no cars mm. stop yeah, no one knows how to stop the cars. Earl again throws himself in front of them, and they stop after he is hit, and the other cars crash. Yeah, I mean his his you can you can tell he smacked hard because the way the the artist depicts it, the, the speed lines, it's yeah. like three cars, and you just see Earl's body flying across the road, and, and even though Earl has been this person you know, the house dog, so to speak yeah. in this moment, you feel from like, wow, he just, he he's, he's gone through the ultra sacrifice. I mean, he he's attacked the person he was super loyal to. He jumped through a window when you can clearly see he gets sliced to pieces by this window in doing so. Mm-hmm. And now oh, he's throwing himself in front of live traffic. And yeah, you know, it was, it was a noble sacrifice. You know, he, he, he understood what he had to do. He understood what he owed. Um, you know, and even before that, what I love too is is Sophie gets her moment of redemption also, because yeah. right when he was about to shoot um, Roxanne, Roxanne, you know, mind you, remember where the story starts? She's this fearful dog. She's whimpering about everything. She pees herself, and now in this last moment, 
when uh, uh, one of the dogs is about to probably meet their maker as well, she comes out of nowhere and bites this big dude right on the ankle and pays yeah. for it herself. I mean, the guy kicks her uh, clear clear across the lawn. <laughs> yeah, he does. And that's and that's when Earl is kind of like, all right, man, we're we're stuck. Now it's time for me to 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 step up and, and do something here. If she's willing to do that, I have to be able to be willing to do something as well. It's also like it, two interesting things about that. Like the first one being that you know um, Earl must now almost feel like the crushing sadness of being complicit in years of gaslighting, in years of letting other dogs come and go, get shot or whatever. People like people's owners get killed, and he's constantly on the thing of the man. Um, but the other thing is in the beginning of the story where she's at the vet, the vet tells the owner of Sophie that um, dogs will never hate their person. And you're led to believe that Earl's person is the man, but it yep. isn't. And once he realizes that it isn't, that he had another person, all bets are off. Now he can hate him and can, you know, enact bodily harm onto him, which he does. Unfortunately, the car sacrifice proves to be costly and it costs Earl his life. Um, as the other dogs mourn him, one of the women involved in the crash tries to assist the man when she sees that he's bleeding. The man removes pressure from his neck wound and falls to the ground dead. So this was like suspenseful. I'm not sure why. Was he going to kill her? Did he kill himself by taking his neck? Like, was this like a, you know what, like... I'm not getting away with all of this. I'm just gonna. I'm just gonna. Well, I mean, I, 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 I'm pretty sure he at this point he just knows like I'm dead. I'm yeah. dead. Yeah. Some one one way or another, um, I'm dead. And yeah. I think it's 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 kind of poetic for him to die bleeding to death from one of the his his groomed. You know, yeah. I mean, you could totally, you know, that that's a, that's a classic thing that uh, a lot of these people do with, say, young girls, especially in human trafficking. You know, they groom them. They train yeah. them to be their loyal servants. So for him to have to die in front of all his groomed dogs and and uh, a woman, the, 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 the one of the, the one of the people in the, in the accident in front of the house after one of the cars that hits Earl is a woman. And she comes out and for him yeah. to have to die in such a pitiful way from a from a. Um, from a wound inflicted from one of the things he thought he had total control of and in front of someone that could have been one of his potential victims is poetic. It's poetic. And, and yeah, it's the I only got the same vibes, like that weird sex trafficking vibe. Like when you just think about um, like, that's the master. These are his rules. If you want to stay on good terms with him, you understand, you should thank him for bringing you in here and feeding you and just weird, twisted, toxic, behavior that i'm guessing dogs don't really have but they use the illusions of stuff that we know in real life to color these dogs in a way of what happens when you when you're trapped with somebody who it probably doesn't have the best motives you know you start to make excuses oh no he didn't he doesn't hurt everybody or you know he never hit me you know <laughs> that right, kind of shit right and right. then when earl comes face to face with the idea of how how much he was complicit in you know i that's right up there with any of these people that were sending people to Jeffrey Epstein's fucking island, right? right like any of the right, people that's like, oh, right. I don't do anything. All I do right. is bring the girls to the room and whatever happens, happens. Or, you know, all I did was send the girls up to Harvey Weinstein's, uh, you know, hotel room and well, I didn't do anything and what she chose to do, like all that kind of stuff you use to try to differentiate yourself from the monster. And I think in that moment, he realized how close he was and, you know, he made the, the necessary sacrifice. 
Um, that night, it's also, sure. it's, Go ahead, brother. No, I was gonna say it's, it's what I you know this is the only time you see his face clearly. Oh so, yeah, and yeah, yep, hundred percent. He's which, humanized. Which I, which, right, yeah. he's no longer he's no longer the invincible monster. You know what I mean? It's not until we see that he's beatable and, and done for that we see his face, which I thought was kind of cool too, because that's uh, a lot of times with these killers, you know, um, usually usually in like Halloween or or Friday the 13th, like Jason, or even um, like Texas Chainsaw Massacre, a lot of times in those movies, you don't see the person's face until like defeat is imminent. Yeah. You know, um, in Halloween, in the original Halloween, you know, Michael Myers only kind of has to finagle with his mask right before Lumen shoots him out the window. Right. Uh, usually in the Friday the 13th movies, Jason's mask usually comes off right when he's about to lose. Right. You know what I mean? So, so when you finally see this guy's face, oh, he's done. Like, and their deaths are never graceful, right? They're never graceful. Or, like, no, you know? no, they're always, they're always just as horrific as any of the, the kills that they inflicted on any of their victims. Right. You know what I mean? And for him to have to die at the hand of, you know, his top dog, his, his bottom bitch, so to speak. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I'm almost like, almost because he kept trophies. Like he didn't have to keep trophies, but because he, no. he lived such a, such a life where he thought he was untouchable. Mm -hmm. He got, he got touched basically. He got touched. Right. Um, yeah. So that night, police show up to help the crash victims and the dog and the dogs talk to a police dog, telling him about the bodies uh, buried out back. The police find graves and seemingly the dogs find new homes. About three months later, Sophie, now named Trudy, is taken to a dog park by her new owners and she bumps into Rusty with his new owners. Sadly, they don't recognize each other, but at least they're both safe for now. Bum, bum, bum. <laughs> uh yeah and it, yeah and that's and that's that's where that's where it ends that's where it, i thought one cool scene in in the um once they've finished talking to the police dog and giving the police dog the the details yeah um and and uh, you know the, the 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 dog the police dog and the police are so quick to run off to follow up with what the dogs are are being what the dogs are telling them mm -hmm. the only the police dog turns around and goes hey wait wait a minute are are you guys okay Right. Yeah. I love, I, love, <laughs> yeah. I, I love the fact that they can't give an answer because that to me was very realistic. I mean, when you experience such a deep trauma, you know, a lot of times like in movies or, or whatever, they kind of just say, oh yeah, we're, we're fine now. Yeah. Or it's like, nah, man, like we just went through some serious crap. You know I just I thought mean? it was like, cool that yeah, like the that the, the police dog tended to the other dogs the same way a cop would tend to the, <laughs> to the yeah, yeah, yeah right, 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 right. And he right, came right, over right. like, okay, what what happened here? You know, well, let me let me know, you know, what's going on here. You know, you got you got a hero here, and it's like you see a little bit of rusty in him, and it's like, damn, you know, it could have went a whole other way, right? I right. You know, but yeah, and then and then we get to see, like you said, dogs in the park, and they really don't seem to uh, remember each other. But one one like. Uh, detail that came back is i think a rusty at one point um says says to sophie at one point earlier in the story like hey i i feel like i remember you from somewhere or something like that yes yeah which yeah. is kind of like which kind of like makes you realize oh how like how later on when he took I, I forget that one dog he took out with him oh yeah you know what you know and they were talking about what did what did you guys do when you went on a drive and then he went to take pictures of the person afterwards so who yeah. knows maybe 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 Rusty was the dog that he, he used that to, day. to to sucker in that owner. 
and right. get Sophie, which is which is so horrible because the dog who ends up being your your hero was the person that got you was the bait, into, basically. Yeah, like, right, right, right. It's 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 such a it's such a murky story with with you know I guess a happy ending, but it's. it's it, yes, but it's, but it's, it's no, so... but it's like the end. Of, it's like the end of any of those slashers. It's like yeah, things are back to normal, but there's a lot of dead people. <laughs> like there's a yeah, lot of dead people. There's a there's a lot of dead people, and there's all this emotional scarring. That what sucks is like I will unexpectedly come flooding back to them. Oh, I'm walking through the park, and let me smell this bench. Oh crap! Yep. This is where my old master was. And, yeah. Oh, this is where this happened. You know what I mean? Or so it's 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 all still there. Um, that it's all like just locked away in these horrible memories, which I mean, I guess, I guess a lot of us can, can say we, we can understand that Definitely. how much of us, how much of us do, do we bury in, you know, childhood trauma or, or even, even recent trauma I mean, freaking the last couple of years has just been a freaking mess for yeah. so many people that, you know, who knows, who knows what the long-term psychological uh, ramifications of all this is, is going to be in, in 20 years, especially for like the kids who had to grow up like this. You know, I, I, I've had that actually happen where I've repressed memories and somebody would bring something up and I'm like, wait a minute. Holy shit, that did happen. What the fuck? Like, completely, <laughs> it, it comes back like completely almost new information and I'm my mind pieces it back together. Like, oh wow oh yeah that did that was fucked up that's the reason why i don't remember it because i fucking pushed that shit all the way to the mm -hmm. end mm -hmm. um there's another book uh dog days is it called the uh yes there's like a um there there's a two issue um mini series that followed up this one they they just came out very recently i, I actually own both issues but i haven't gotten around to reading those mm -hmm. um because from what I've heard is it's basically leading into another mini series. So I didn't want to just take, I mean, it's, it's bad enough that this was just five issues and right. you could read this five issues. I don't know, half hour. Yeah. Basically. <laughs> it was, it was, it's, it's so, it's so quick. So, um, I didn't, I didn't want to read them because I was like, man, if, if, if this, this was such a small bite, I, I'm, I want to wait for a bigger bite. <laughs> yeah. I you know, you so that. I was like, I was like, you know, um, I did, I did, um, there was also a free comic book day issue. Okay. Which I don't know if that story, if that story was put into these two issues, the, the dog days, uh, mm. two issue little mini series, but I did read that cause it was very short. And I also read it because, um, I worked uh, at one of my comic shops for, for free comic book day. You know, it's free comic book days, uh, to me, the best day of the year It's better than Christmas. It's the only day yeah. of the year where you can walk into a place and get a bunch of free stuff and walk out, you know, no, no, uh, no, no, Hey, buy this first. And then you get this now, man, you walk in, you're going to, you're going to walk out with free stuff. You don't yep. even have to leave a, not a, not a penny, not a dime, nothing. So, so many it's, people it's, starting their comic book journeys on that day, right? So many people, yeah. fresh faces yeah. coming in for the very first time to try their mm -hmm. hand at something. So, so I, you know, I try my best to really get to know all the free issues as best I can. That way I can suggest the best and also protect the kids because a lot of parents yeah. will bring, will bring, will bring it. And it's so funny because what is this, what does this comic book look like? A hundred percent. All dogs go to heaven. It looks like, <laughs> right. it looks like Oliver and company. So, so many ignorant parents or even ignorant kids reach for this issue. And right. it's so funny how many people had to be like, no. It's like, come on, Tommy, just pick up the dog book and let's go. 
No, 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 no. Not only if you want to give your kid nightmares and make your kid want to sleep with your dog for every day for the next, you know, until this dog dies, because this is not a story for kids. It's so it's so funny how the parents would give me that look of wait, but you're handing me the book like, yeah, you should read this, not your kid. Your kid should read this, this, this is this new Venom comic book that right. see how it says all ages. There They're like, go. so, so, so my kid should read the book with the all black, crazy looking alien, alien comic book, but yeah. not the one that looks like a cutesy dog issue with the yes. big teeth and all that. <laughs> you know? mm-hmm. Right, right, right. With the giant spitting teeth out goo. and spitting out goo and just, ah, you know, I want to eat your brains. Yes, yes. That's for your kid. The dog, the the comic book that looks like it's the next Disney movie, that's for you adults. <laughs> I think this is a hell of a recommendation. I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna try to get this book, and I'm going to try to recommend it to those who don't even read the the big two. Like just people, you can introduce this book to anybody, yes. um, and and they can they can get on it. Um, another thing that I thought was interesting was when I was doing some research, looking this stuff up. One of the articles that I had saw had suggested that perhaps this gentleman um let me grab that name again is uh, Fleeks. Tony, Fleeks. Tony Fleeks mm-hmm. might be selling the rights to this story <laughs> to make a film of sorts and like this could be a really cool like when i say now uh, the movie i'm about to suggest is not a great film but i think that the twist works which is sausage party right where you think you're going in for one thing and then it just twists this could do that this could have that power to you know have people start to see i don't know how you would portray it in a trailer you know you'd have to be try to keep that the secret a secret in a way allude to it in a way about this murderer but you have to front load it with all this cute imagery you have to make it i I hope it's animated i wouldn't want those like talking dogs with the mouth kind of thing no yeah don't do that don't do that super expressionary disney animation you know with these dogs and then yeah going to where it goes absolutely uh heartbreaking but it could make a good film i think i i definitely think and yeah like you said this is this is another reason why i love the independent books is because there's there's not a trolley of other this giant interconnected web you know what i mean i mean look just just look at the mcu don't get i'm, I'm not saying anything bad about the mcu mm. but it's it's really hard to get somebody into the MCU right now. Yeah. Like you can't, you can't just hand someone even infinity war. Yo dude, Hey, just watch infinity war and you'll catch up. No, no, you won't. You, you'll be asking a crap ton of questions. And that's yeah. kind of what happens when you hand someone anything from the big two. Yo dude, here, read this Batman book, read the Spider-Man book. But why is this who, person Robin? And why is this? Wait, wait, right now, Peter Parker, people know who Peter Parker is, but only they know who Peter Parker is. And right. he's friends with this person, but I thought he was a bad guy. And what the hell is going on? Where's Ned you Leeds? Ha- <laughs> 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 that's, that's wait, wait Morbius, Morbius drinks blood. I thought he drinks plasma. Yeah, you know <laughs> the suckers on the hand. The suckers on the head. You know what I mean. Whereas you hand someone something like this here, man. You know you like dogs. You'll dig this. Do you like horror? You'll dig this. Do you, yeah. do you like just a a, a a fun story? You'll dig this. And mm-hmm. and even if you end up not liking it, you're only giving it. Like I said, what t- t- takes about about a half hour to read this? Forty five minutes if you really say, take your yeah. time. You know what I mean. And that's it. The person goes, "Wow, I either really dug this. Can I get something else like it?" Or they go, yeah, man, these comic book things aren't for me. <laughs> right. 
it, it was kind of why would you hand me this thing it was twisted man it was it, it made a disney movie into a horror movie that's twisted bro what's wrong with you and then you it's figure that, out, and then and, and then you figure out who you can hang out with. You know, I can't. Oh, hundred percent. Yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> the person I mean? that says they want more of this is the person I want to hang out. Oh yeah, with. <laughs> we got, we got we got to talk. We got to keep talking. We got to keep talking. So that's what's great about books like this, and this is why I I really like this stuff because, um, it's something that stays with you. Also, um, you after reading, I've read over two thousand issues of Spider Man. I maybe re- clearly remember. 25 30 issues maybe and, yeah. and on the rest is like story arcs oh yeah that's the story arc where this happened that's the story arc where this happens this book i'm pretty much gonna i may not remember the characters names right. you know what i mean but i'll remember the beats of this whole entire story 100 percent. and i also feel like the the big two is, is meant to meander because you're constantly in the the second phase you know the second act of the mm-hmm. comic if you will you never get to the end and you're past the beginning so because you're always in the second act all, their task is really just to dribble and dribble long enough that you just stay entertained occasionally right. they'll sh- they'll take a shot and it might look cool but then it goes back to dribbling you know because it's not meant to end the game um which is which is a shame because some of these things do need definitive endings and if they did end they can sit as the classics that they are as opposed to being these ongoing like no one's ever going to talk about days of our lives winning anything right because it's gone on for so long that what it, what it, what yeah. even is it anymore yeah. <laughs> what what do people remember it to be anymore where where right. if it ended in let's say in a 10 year run people been like yo you remember that show we should we have box sets and all this other kind of stuff so right you know you either die so, as the hero or you live long enough to see yourself become the villain. Become the bro. villain, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That is definitely what happens. That is definitely what happens. But um, yeah, so that was Stray Dogs. Let's let's talk about now something really weird. Let's let's jump into this primordial, baby. Yes. So primordial uh, is written by <laughs> Jeff Lemire with art by Andrea Sorrento, as you said. Sorrentino. Um, Sorrentino. Sorrentino, yeah. sorry, yeah, Sorrentino. Uh, which hap um they they the description of this is primordial is what happens when you uh, use mind bending sci-fi and collide it with Cold War elements uh, in a six issue miniseries by the best selling and Eisner award winning creative team behind Gideon Falls. Um, so in 1957, the USSR launched the dog Laika into Earth's orbit. Two years later, the US responded with two monkeys, Abel and Baker. These animals never returned. Uh, but unbeknownst to everyone, they did not die in orbit. They were taken. And now they are coming home. So that was a that is the synopsis. I didn't read the synopsis when I did when I read the book, so I was completely uh, off of this. I also did some independent research um, to look up the space race to look up the validity of some of this stuff. So this is taking place. This is an alternate telling of historical facts in right. the in the actual real space race. Both this happened. Abel and Baker did go to space, and Laika went to space. Laika was left up there to die. Um, and Abel and Baker came back successfully. Uh, and But this is a telling of the story if what if the monkeys never came back. Um, and I, it says that according to official data, between the years 1948 and 1961, 48 dogs, 15 monkeys, two rabbits were all sent to space. <laughs> That's a lot of animals. And 27 animals died like before they even got to space due to accidents with like malfunctioning equipment or experimentation or any of that kind of stuff so it's like right. this is a lot this this book though while it has 
a pretty solid plot. I think just it it lives and breathes by the art. Um, the art challenges your mind to and your eyes to go places that it probably normally wouldn't, and to decipher what it's what's being shown. Like your your brain is working overtime to try to figure out it. It can't figure out nuts and bolts like the facts of what they're what you're being shown, but oftentimes it can decipher the feeling of what you're supposed to feel. And I think that's that's so unique to a comic book, right? Where a lot of these books, especially like if you pick up a Tana Hesey Coates book, right? It's all this writing that's gonna explain exactly everything that's going mm-hmm. on, for good or for bad. In this, it's not really about what the facts are. It's about how they make you feel, how the characters make you feel and being attached to the characters on both sides, whether it be the animals or the scientists that are involved. Did you find yourself feeling that way about this book? Oh, big time, big time. Um, I, I, I because I know the creative team. I mean, this team, um, and not 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 just the team, but Sorrentino. Um, Sorrentino's done a lot of work. I've 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 thoroughly enjoyed. Um, mm-hmm. I first encountered um, him. I believe he did I Vampire, which I really really okay. dug. Um, that was one of the new Fifty Two books. And even though you could, you know, in some ways you could say the writing wasn't that great, I, I enjoyed it. Like you said, the art, his art is amazing, and he does the entire series. And he yeah. changes his art style throughout yes. the book. Yep. The guy's amazing. The guy's amazing. He, you know, when you're sitting there flipping through it, you go, oh, the art changed. Was that another artist? No, it's all him. It's all him. And got to give props to Dave Stewart also. Dave Stewart is the colorist. Oh, He's done man. a lot of great. And his coloring is also key to this. It's, na- it's I mean, narrative. It's narrative yeah, in it's, this. Like, it, it, it totally... Um, it dictates what you're supposed to think, what you're supposed to feel. That newsprint stuff, I love that newsprint, kind of yeah, <laughs> old school yeah. newsprint mm-hmm, uh, drawing. Mm-hmm. And, and that's meant to depict the almost how we remember the, that era of time right, and, and right. how comics looked at that time. They look like right. that, you know? Big time. So you're right, 100%. It, it, uh, full credit to everyone that was involved with putting this book together because I think while usually you would consider sometimes that it's the artist and the writer that do all the heavy lifting, it was all hands on deck on this book and, and it Definitely. really showed. Big time, big time. So um, I read all of Gideon Falls. Um, okay. and, and if you dug the way this this story uses the art to tell it, it, it uh, you know, as, as a lot of directors will say, show, don't tell. Mm-hmm. Um, and Gideon Falls was, I want to say around 50 issues, maybe less. And it was the same kind of thing, man. There you, you know, in this book where he gets all psychedelic and he starts going yeah. into tons of little boxes and some boxes are showing you more layers to what's there and, and less layers here. That's what Gideon Falls is. And get, and this, this to me is a story of hope. It's a story of, you know, of love. There's a tremendous yeah. amount of love in, in this book. Gideon Falls is a straight up horror story. Okay. So, so just imagine this art over the course of 50 issues in a horror theme, how, how horrific it can become, you yeah. know? So, so we'll, maybe we'll get into that one, uh, a, another time, but yeah, yeah if, you, if you're digging this art, we got to talk about Gideon Falls okay. <clears throat> eventually, but let's, yeah, yeah. let's, let's, let's get on primordial. So yeah, like you said, this is a, a what if story, basically it's a, what if the space race had victims or more, yeah. or well, no, we know the space race had victims, but the most famous ones, let's say the most famous ones who came back were also victims and just forgotten about. Like, mm, yeah. who cares? 
that's it. It's it's it seemingly it seemingly discouraged all countries around the world to stop their research in space travel. And that changes things, you know, immeasurably. So we're, we're told that in 1959, the U.S. sent two monkeys, Baker and Abel, into space to test advancements in space technology. But the monkeys never returned. Two years later, a Dr. Donald Penbrook is summoned to Cape Canaveral. He believes that he's been brought in because they're starting the space program back up. But he's told by a gentleman that they are tasked with stripping the base down to only things that they can use for military use. Uh, disappointed, Donald looks around the facility, but he's eventually given a chart with some strange readings on it. Uh, Pembroke calls his superior, General Talbot, and explains that the chart in question has some interesting data. It seems that eight minutes after their reported death, data shows the monkeys had active heart rates, which shouldn't be possible. His boss seems irate that Donald isn't doing what he was sent there to do and promptly hangs up on him. Um, we are then shown an incredible splash page that conveys the stress, the fear, and the intensity of the mission that these monkeys were on. Mm-hmm. Um, I, that, like, I want to almost frame that. Like, this just looks so primal. It looks so, you know, animalistic, you know? Um, and you, yeah, ha- no, you had to think, you had to think they found reference photos of these monkeys in these stressed, <laughs> you know, uh, expressions. Cause it oh, looks, definitely. it looks just like, it looks like a, a photo. Yeah, you know, yeah, it's ways. it's it's very traumatizing. You you look at it, and you just you can see the pain on this monkey's face. Yeah, and and the way it's just being depicted, and the 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 the, the cardio cardiogram of, yeah. of its heartbeat, and then you see it flatline, and you're like, oh my god! So for these for these you know seemingly few minutes, it's the worst minutes of this thing's life. Yeah, and it seemingly it's, everyone's thinking it's dead, but then like you said, he finds proof that well the heartbeat came back later on but you guys are saying the mission ended at this time what's the deal with that and the the, yeah. the, the guys is like that's not what i sent you there for yeah super super <laughs> upset not nothing shady about that at all and definitely nothing shady when he goes back the next day and his access has been revoked <laughs> and they're like yeah bro you're not allowed here anymore i don't know the big guy upstairs said you know you, you can't come through um again super super shady uh, he leaves and gets into his car and is shocked to see a shadowy figure already sitting there next to him. Uh, he says that there's nothing to worry about, but he instructs him to start driving. And he alludes to being the reason he was given the chart to begin with. Uh, according to the figure, the monkeys that were sent to space didn't die. They were abducted. He theorizes that the Russian space dog, Lykia, who went into orbit two years earlier than the monkeys, was also taken as well, proving that this is an anomaly. He theorizes they must be somewhere out there and instructs Pembroke to travel to Germany to find out more. We get a shot of both monkeys in a seemingly unending white space. They both speak uh, monkey, <laughs> but are surprised. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> uh, they both are surprised when they are confronted by Lakia, the Russian space dog, who greets them in this strange land. So I'm already a fan. Greet- I'm like, we're gonna have an, right. we're gonna have a homeward bound. We're doing well, homeward right, bound well, in space. Well, well, he doesn't, he doesn't, he doesn't greet them. The do- I mean, he greets them, but I mean, he, he greets them straight up saying hello. Yeah, he says hello. Right. You know, and that's that's the way the first issue ends. But I mean, even getting to that point, you know, when when this when the shadowy figure is divulging all this information to to Donald, you know, you 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 you, you again, you see more of these psychedelic art images of the Russian spacecraft shattering to pieces. 
yeah. uh, Laika, Laika, the the, the mm-hmm. Russian dog, goes through this cube that on one end is a portal, and then on the other side, it's it's crumbling. It's yeah. almost like transporting the dog somewhere. You know what I mean? Um, and what I love is even as is is being told and it's being shown. You know, the doctor, uh, Donald, is just like, yeah, this is insane. But it's like, no, this is what's happening. Right. And then I love I love the the Pink Floyd homage. Yeah. And it says Pink Floyd on the page, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, uh, the, uh, uh, Sorrentino blatantly blatantly says, you know, this is after Pink Floyd, which right. I which I totally which I totally dug. Right. Um, it's It was so, so cool to see. Um, so, yeah. And so, like, he's telling them the, the, they were taken, man. They're still somewhere out there. And we immediately see where out there is and it's just this white room mm-hmm. with a talking dog <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> um so the next issue tells two stories concurrently and they do that a lot with this um yes. but we're going to take them in chronological order just to kind of you know so that we have a through line um Laika, the dog was a stray traversing the cold streets of Russia when she was captured and brought to Russian scientists working on a space mission. These scientists performed the necessary surgical procedures to ensure Laika was ready for space travel. And and, um, one of these scientists, Yelena, uh, took an exceptional liking to the dog, even feeding it treats the night before the big mission. When she enters space in 1957, she is seemingly transported to an alien environment, which resembles a geometrical nightmare of sorts. Uh, alien tentacles reach out and touch Laika and seemingly change and evolve her to the point that she can communicate with her mind. But that was my interpretation of what happened. Is that mm-hmm. what happens? <laughs> I would say I would say so. I would say so. Okay. Uh, uh, we then follow Dr. Daniel Pembroke as he arrives in East Germany and he meets with, surprisingly enough, Yelena Nostrovic. Laika's caretaker who enlists Pembroke to help her send Laika a message. But um yeah, like again, if you like cute dogs, if you like <laughs> if you like, you know, watching things from a dog's perspective, between this and stray dogs, being a dog must be terrifying. Absolutely terrifying. You just got these fumbling giants walking around. They could either feed you or hurt you, kick you right. or hug you. Like at any point in time with no rhyme or reason, you could be That's killed. It sacrifice eaten all kinds of shit like it's i i i don't know how they do it i don't know that's why they're man's but that's why they're angels on this earth because i guess i couldn't deal with anything like that yeah yeah you know i mean because i mean think about what the dogs are going through in the beginning she's astray she's being hunted down mm-hmm. they capture her and now she's being brought under this uh the care of this woman who obviously does care about her but she has no idea what's coming around the corner like you're you're about to get launched into space and go through something that no other human no human has gone through so have fun right you know what i mean so it it's 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 like you said it's like they what the hell you know even even the ones that are taking care of me i can't trust them <laughs> yeah and i i did research on this and apparently they the russians lie the, the dog died and they were like oh no it's it's still orbiting the you know what you call it and whatever and they made up a bunch of propaganda about what happened to this dog and then they did the actual readings on this dog like and it turns out that somewhere along like the fifth orbit around the world the air conditioning cut out in the thing and so pressure Ooh. and heat for the dog until it died until it died of cardiac arrest its heart just just kept going and then it died so like that is that is miserable, horrific. miserable, horrific, horrific, all that kind of stuff. 
Um, and it just shows like how we can just throw these animals away. But again, I guess it's for the greater good. Yada yada yada. Um, in, in a place beyond space and time, Laika now evolved approaches Baker and Abel, who are still primitive. The and the alien tentacles come out and reach for the monkeys, and even though they're afraid, Laika assures them that they're going to change, like her. In Berlin, so, so, so you're gonna you're gonna be bigger, bigger. Uh, in Berlin, Doctor Pembroke questions Elena about her plan to send a message to Laika, and she explains while they don't know who or what took them, whatever did left a trail of energy, suggesting a direction of travel. As she continues to explain, the shadowy figure that was in Daniel's car in issue one comes through the door bleeding. He explains that they followed Doctor Pembroke to the location before dying, and then then he dies. <laughs> Mm -hmm. uh, they escape out the fire escape and they try to run to safety. We flash back to 1958 and we get to see Abel and Baker's origin as test monkeys that were caught in the jungle and experimented on. As we are shown this, the actual Baker and Abel are being transformed by the alien tentacles. Pembroke and Yelena discuss what it's like to be a woman in a minority in a predominantly white profession before Yelena drives them to a decommissioned Nazi bunker where they hope to continue their work and send a message to Laika. Unfortunately, they are spotted. Back with Abel, now evolved as he looks onto the white void as it's filled with alien life. Laika introduces herself and uh, Abel does as well, but they notice that Baker can't speak and they deduce maybe it's because uh, she's so little. They discuss both knowing that this is not their home and that they are not alone. They're not alone here. Although they cannot see the alien life forms, they can all feel them. When asked what's next, Laika brings the other two to a spaceship and tells them it's time to go home. Now, obviously, all of that is what was written, but the artwork, again, amazing. Absolutely amazing. Especially the juxtaposition mm -hmm. of them being transformed and then their, uh, you know, how they were captured, their upbringing and stuff. And these monkeys were not treated as well as Laika was. No, no, they no, they weren't. I mean, um, they're they're ripped from the jungle. They're put in the cages. They're they're even talking about, oh yeah, we, we got to put more subcutaneous uh, um, nodes on them. And same same kind of uh, just like when we saw in the previous issue where that where um, Abel is just screaming when they're going through their through their uh, transition into space and all that stuff. He's screaming again. Yeah, and again, like like this, this is where you have to like really look at all the detail that Sorrentino puts into this. Where certain panels have all these, um, it's like X-ray, you know, so you can see what's happening to every layer of tissue that he's yeah. going through. It's 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 amazing, and he's he's feeling all these emotions at the same time, remembering being stuck with a needle, remembering being launched into space, um, and seeing it on every level. It's it's the detail is beautiful and and horrific. They, just they like, see their imagine. lives flash before their eyes at, when they when they go through this process because I think that's yes. kind of how what we were dealing with with uh, Laika when we were seeing her origin story is because she was being transformed as well, and we get a moment in you know Abel and Baker's story where like you said one of the handlers is like bro are you even feeding them one's dead, you know it's like that's the <laughs> level of care right. that these monkeys are being taken right. into you understand right 
Right. And, and like you said, though, the, the art, you know, when the art is focused on the humans, when it's telling the story of Donald and Yelena, it's very murky, very shadowy. You know, what they're doing yeah. is very secretive. It's all espionage. I mean, this is during the Cold War now. And we have an American, a black American during the Cold War. You know, mm-hmm. you know, um, freaking Jim Crow laws are still in effect. So here we have this yeah. black scientist now in uh in in east in east germany yep you know with a with a female scientist who who even she says she's like yeah you know we're 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 both uh overqualified and they had you doing cleanup work and they had me cleaning the cages of dogs yeah yeah you know what I mean? you know so you know so that's the art you you feel there but then when it transitions to the the animals it becomes very clean the lines mm-hmm. everything's everything's more perfect and what's what's great is now now in this part where where now all the animals have a higher intelligence you see their faces start to to like emote yeah you know you know whereas earlier like especially in the murky pages when you first introduce the animals they just come across uh as animals Whereas right. now there, you know, you can see like Abel's face is able to show worry or concern or or his thinking, you know, um, Laika's very, very inquisitive and just like it, it's it's so crazy Curious, the way they, yeah. they, they yeah. and, and again, this is all Sorrentino. So Sorrentino's able to go from, in my opinion, two opposite ends of the spectrum. A lot of artists can't do that. No. But this artist and, and goes in the same issue. <laughs> in the same in issue. In the same issue. In the same you know, issue. That, right. That that can't be easy as well. And the, uh, the no. juxtaposition is all on purpose. There's a moment in which you have um basically uh, Pembroke and Yelena running for safety, and they're running away from seemingly people that want to capture or kill them. And then it switches to Abel and Baker doing exactly the same thing. Right. You know? Right. And and you know when you think about how minorities and women were treated for years they might as well have been test subjects and black people were literally test subjects yes, they for stuff were. like in the, Tus- the tuskegee experiments That's right. so it's so it's like there there's a lot more connective tissue here than on the surface right. and i think right. Right. that re- repeated readings and just give yourself time to be engrossed by the art don't you know, don't be just looking for word bubbles and turning pages. Everything in here is trying to tell you something. And and like I said, while I can't pinpoint exactly what it was saying, I know how I feel and I know how it made me feel. And it <laughs> made me feel that because that was the intentions of the writer and the artist. So this right. is this is a masterclass in execution because it does what it wants to do. Regardless of whether or not that's what you wanted it to do as a reader, doesn't matter. It's doing what it wants to do, which is getting you to feel even on this incredibly abstract level. Right. I mean, that's just what Lemire does. Uh, yeah. Think think about when we when we talked about uh, Ascender and Descender. Yeah. How, you know, you read it and you kind of, oh, it's just a sci-fi funny story. And then you start really delving into it and you start seeing the, how it's more of an allegory to what's going on in our lives and how reminiscent it is of, of history and what has happened all, all throughout time, you mm-hmm. know, is being told in the pages of this seemingly weird story. And here he is using using history, actual history with a with a twist to again bring all these emotions to the surface to make you realize, whoa, you know, we're way more connected than we realize. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, so so like you said, yeah, old like you just brought up a whole slew of like like making that connection of how how minorities and women have been mu- mu- very much like these test subject animals, man, I-, I never made that connection until you said it. I was like, yeah, I could totally see that. Yeah. And like you said, I- and I know 
Lemire did that on purpose. A hundred percent. Yeah. So, uh, so Leica, and th- th- this is a this is a bit of like um, nature versus nurture, or or you know just like this is this is almost like a sociology experiment because like super excited to come back home because home to her is Yelena that's mm-hmm. home that's home and to Abel home means more cages and more experience experiments it means pain right. it means being alone um and there are people on this world that that that's true for if you didn't have the best upbringing growing up, if your parents weren't great, you know, uh, if you didn't have safety, if you if you couldn't live in safety and live in shelter, um, home may not be the place you've wanted to go, go back to. And right. Abel's almost willing to take chances on anything else but going back home. But Laika makes a pact that they're going to stick together no matter what. Incredibly sweet dog, but possibly sweet because of her upbringing again possibly sweet because of how Yelena treated her. So it goes to show that like this kind of stuff can spread and her hope and her optimism does spread. She uses her strength in knowing, seemingly knowing, cause she doesn't really know, you know, that they can get back and get back home and be back with their loved ones. Um, she spreads that, that energy and they start to sort of believe it. Um, they go into a super technolo- technological spacecraft, which seems to have been created just for them somehow, because there's like specific tasks and seats for each of them on this mm-hmm. ship yep. and, a gl- and a glowing orb that they are hoping to bring as a gift with them as they head home. Uh, even Baker seems to have evolved and starts the vehicle. So Baker can't speak, but knows how to turn on the spaceship. So it's like uh, definitely has grown from the, their little technical encounter. Yeah, they're like, oh, maybe he has gotten bigger than we just didn't see it, you know? Yeah, yeah. Which which, which is another kind of commentary, right? Like, just because mm-hmm. people don't look like they've changed on the out, outside, who knows what, how their experiences have changed them. And we probably shouldn't um, judge a book by its cover, you know? Right. We don't know. Mm-hmm. We don't know where people have been and, and what they know. Um, so, back in Germany, Yelena continues to try to set up her equipment and send a message to her lost Laikia. But... Daniel seems concerned as a helicopter is seen overhead. She asks him how uh, uh, she asks him to stand for something bigger than them, questioning if anyone would ever look for these animals if they don't. Meanwhile, the animal ship finds themselves in a meteor storm that damages the ship and blocks the portal home. When the storm ends, the portal is gone and the animals panic. Abel, hoping to help fix the ship, goes outside of it and even though he damn near kills himself, is able to remove a dislodged meteor from it. When he gets back inside, the animals realize that without the portal, they are lost and begin to get discouraged. There's a sweet moment in here that I didn't uh, dictate in my notes where Abel's like, I messed up again. And like, is like, you didn't mess up, bro. Like, we're, you're lost. We're all lost. Like, that's just what it is, mm-hmm. you know? And it just goes to show, like, how defeatist abel has been because you when you're a when you're a child or a pet aka something that doesn't really know why you're being disciplined the way you are you do assume that everything you're doing is wrong you can't translate what these people are trying to tell you you just know that you get treats sometimes when you do what you're what they want and you get hit sometimes when you're not and when he realizes that his actions didn't fix things he thinks he's going to get hit or he thinks he's going to be disciplined and it's such a heartbreaking response because it's so automatic like he just it that math just checks out for him okay yeah i i I didn't do what i i didn't save the day like i thought i was going to so i'm probably you know i messed up 
It's right. Like, no, bro. Right. You didn't mess up, man. We we all we all suck. <laughs> it's basically well, what it, like it says. Well, yeah, I mean, yeah, like this is like, yeah, we're all of us, you know, all all of us lost. But yeah. um, yeah, this is where like is now it's like, wow, you know what? I, I guess I guess you guys are right. This was this was all uh kind of pointless. This, yeah. you know, what 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 do we do now? We don't we don't have our our beacon, we don't know where to go. What do we what do we do now? We're we're adrift in space. We're we're basically right back where we started when we were being launched into space. Yeah. What do we do? What and do we're we do? Alone again, and we're, mm -hmm. we're and we're all alone again. Back in Germany in 1961, Yelena and Doctor Pembroke are confronted by armed men. But Yelena uses this moment to send the signals she's been waiting to to Laika, and the ping traverses traverses time and space reaching Laika in 2024. The men open fire and Laika wakes up. Hell of an ending of a, of a, of a book. Yeah, of a, and it's not, it's not, it's, it's of an issue. It's yeah. you're like, you're sitting here going, well, they, they fired who, who's taking a bullet. Hopefully nobody took a bullet. What the hell is happening? Mm -hmm. And then, you know, like it, it was crazy. It, it took me, I'm embarrassed to say this. It took me a while to even notice that this was going through time. Yeah, well, I it wasn't. I, I don't I think it was until this. I, I kept thinking, why do they keep showing the the time with the humans, right? Like, why do they keep going every time we go to the humans? It makes a point to be like, this is 1961, this is 1961. But then it, I was of the assumption that it all was, but apparently it's not because you have to make it no, right. with the humans. Exactly. So I like it wasn't until like the second or third time I was reading this, I'm like, oh shoot, there are there there are years above these little panels that are showing that the radio waves are taking obviously time to get to the ship because that's just just the nature of, of space travel you know what, yeah. what we think what we think of as 100 miles being far what now we're talking about millions of miles it takes it takes a long time for it to go through space so it doesn't reach their this this crazy spaceship of theirs until the year 2024 what is, what is that uh 39 20 is what 60 years that, later? How about that long ass time man oh boy you know what i mean like wow like whoa so now where, where the hell do we go from here you know what i mean like yeah are they even, what did they are did they die did they get shot to death are they still alive now you know what i mean home home the it, the abstract concept that it is like like the um abel abel and uh baker for abel yeah. and baker home home for them was the jungle that's where they yeah. want to get back to yeah but where at where, but home is such an abstract concept home to Leica is is uh her master her owner yeah. uh mm -hmm. Elena. so yep. so the dog doesn't realize that hey man six about 60 years have passed now either Elena is now dead because she was possibly shot or she's mm -hmm. probably dead because she's 60 years older now yeah so what the hell you know the jungle is probably still going to be there Elena might Elena might not right so what the hell are we about to get into and that that that's home gone you know and like i said this is very much homeward bound like it's very much the animals trying to get back on their way mm -hmm. to, to see their their uh people and i love that movie so i was totally digging this and um yeah you, i you you don't know it, it's been so long and the idea that like when the fires when the shots go off i'm thinking possibly both of them are dead like i don't know where the right. story is going to pick up next mm -hmm. um doing some research i found out that there's a there's a theoretical uh, occurrence, I guess that's what I would call it, that Stephen Hawking was trying to theorize, which is the idea of a primordial black hole. And it's the kind of black hole that started the Big Bang. 
And so that that might be there may be tenuous ties to the idea of primordial black holes, them going through these portals coming out of different times, um, you know, so I thought that was interesting as well that they're playing around with theoretical physics at this point. Um, like, why not? Fuck it. If it's theoretical, play around with it. <laughs> That's know? it. That's it. Have fun. Um, we fast forward to 2023 in a world where the space race stopped in 1959. So in 20, this 20, 20, 2024, oh, and I, 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 don't, I, I don't know about you, but were you kind of like horrified by the flag? With the flag? The, yes. Yes. I was. With everything, with everything that's going on right now, guys, the, the flag is, it, it's not, it's not the Ukrainian flag, although it's no. very similar to it. it. It's, it's the Swedish flag yep. with the hammer and sickle of the USSR in the corner. Yep. But the Swedish flag is very similar to the Ukrainian flag. So to see it, see it with the hammer and sickle on it, I'm like, holy crap. The Jeff Lemire is pulling his pulling his Simpsons routine right now. Yeah. I'm like, how did he what I I, I legitimately kept looking at it because I'm like, how did they call this? This is ridiculous. But you I know, guess, you know, more things change, right? <laughs> you know, uh, what 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 is it? Is sometimes sometimes reality imitates fiction. Sometimes yeah, that, right? art, sometimes art imitates life and sometimes life imitates there, art. Yeah. There, there it is, there it is. So, so here we are now in the year 2024. The Soviets, right? We got the Soviets yeah, the, here. They're, the Soviet they're, Republic of Sweden. You got people in line for bread. <laughs> you know, my, yep. you see an old woman in line for bread, and she she gives it to some hungry people. She encounters on her way home. Uh, once she gets to her home, which is no bigger than a shack, we see a version of a satellite tech. The satellite tech that Yelena once used to contact Laika and. In its basement, which is kind of proof that this is an older Yelena, and she was not a killed. Much in older, yeah, she much older. I mean, guys, this, yeah, she she went from looking like looking like uh, what's that actress's name from uh, Black Widow? The the new the one that everyone's going crazy about now. Oh, uh, Florence Pugh. Like she went from looking like Florence Pugh. Now she's looking like uh, the Florence Pugh. Wrote, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Like she's, uh, the lady from Murder She Wrote. Yep. You know what I mean? So it's just like, you, you don't know what they never say. Again, this is a great example of show. Don't tell, mm-hmm. you know, they never blatantly say, Oh, this is Yelena. You, you just see this old woman going through the motions of her daily activities. She comes across this satellite and she sees that something is happening with it. And she, all she says is my girl, which is yep. how she's referred to her dog, Laika throughout the series. So right. it's just great, great storytelling. Just great storytelling. Like you said, it's all, it's all there on the page. Um, so not only that, but the ping seems to have worked and the animals in their spacecraft are in orbit around earth. Abel confesses feeling nervous about this. Cause again, home means cages. It means experiments. It means all this stuff, but like comforts the primate and they hug. There's a hug between a monkey and a dog in this <laughs> possibly like, I want to frame that as well. Like what I don't even know, like it, it transcends species. You know, the, the the willingness and the wanting to be comforted and, and, and feel safe. It, it, it's some it's not something that only we share. And maybe if we start to remember that we'd be a bit kinder to our, you know, many legs. Right. But uh, but here, it, no, no, I, I exactly, exactly. But I mean, here again is, is the art changing. Um, mm-hmm. the, the art for this issue has pretty much maintained its murkiness. Because I yeah. feel like now that the animals are home or nearing, they're in they're in Earth's orbit, so to speak. Now they are looking murky. Yeah, you know what I mean. And but but the art changes yet again during the embrace. It looks super painted. Yeah, you know, and it's and it's highlighted with like this little little heart emoji, so to speak. Yeah, it, it's it's just amazing the the art of this whole entire story and how it's used to just 
tell and evoke all these different emotions you know i've got i've got a confession to make but i'll make it in a bit uh so um Yelena gets her granddaughter to drive her to the old Nazi bunker as news reports suggest a meteor has entered the Earth's atmosphere, but Yelena knows it ain't no damn meteor. Uh, they get into the bunker, and in, while this is happening, you see artwork of her holding a slain uh, Dr. Pembroke. So we kind of it's kind of colored in for you that he was shot. Um, he was the one that was shot in that instance. So they get to the bunker, and Yelena's hopes are confirmed. As the alien ship gets closer, it's intercepted by Soviet aircraft that attempt to shoot it down for not identifying themselves or landing. Abel is hit in the chest and simultaneously older Yelena seems to have a heart attack of sorts and they both collapse. I didn't understand this. <laughs> I don't understand. I didn't understand why this happened concurrently. <laughs> Do you have any kind of uh, theory? For me, it's it's there, there's just so many layers to it it's the whole idea of when you're when you're that connected to something um you know that that you you feel it you yeah. know um i can say as, as a parent there are times that with my kids um you definitely feel their pain uh even when you're not in the same room yeah um uh when you just care for someone deeply you just you just feel certain things so here you can just say it's the, the stress. I mean, this woman is now 60 years older. She's revisiting a place that it has very traumatic memories for her. Yeah. Um, so it could just be that, or it could be, Hey, she's feeling the pain of, of these animals. I mean, when she, when she sent this, this message out to these animals, it wasn't, it wasn't, uh, you know, a, a simple, Hey, live long and prosper kind of thing. It was mm -hmm. a very much like, hey, I want to save you. Yeah. I care. I care for you. So when you send out that, when I feel like when she sent out that beacon, mm -hmm. it was it was more than just a message. It was like almost like sending her heart to the her cosmos, her, her own energy, her own. Yeah, yeah. I could so, see I that. Mean, yeah. So here, you know, I mean, I mean, just just look at the bond between these animals that has grown, right? That we just saw come to come to kind of fruition with that with that almost human-like embrace between yeah. these two, between the two species here, we, I think we're starting to see how connected she is to this moment. I mean, think about what she's done. She basically went all as a woman in the sixties, went against her country to do this crazy um, rescue mission mm -hmm. for a dog, for a dog. Yeah. And uh, for, for some people that's like, man, it's a dog. For some people that's like, that's like their kids. That's right? a dog. I'm, yeah. I'm, damn right. A dog for other people. Yeah. Right. Yeah, right. 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 There, 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 there are people, there, there are people out there who refer to their pets as their children. So, um, so this is not that, that far, far fetched an idea that this person would feel the pain of the, of these, um, uh, something, something that was commented on earlier in the, in the, I forget which issue exactly the whole idea of change. Right. I think, I think one of the, I think briefly in the next issue, it gets, it gets really into it, but in previous issues, something about, you know, not, nothing ever goes away. Everything just changes, you know, it's kind of like hint to that. And, and that's where I think we're going to get to in the, in the next issue. And I think it also just, it, it, it implies the, the whole idea of, of, you know, even though things are different, Mm -hmm. We're all still 
the same yes. in a lot in a lot of ways. So here we have a monkey, a dog, and some humans showing that hey, yeah, we're we're different, but there's still this 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 attraction between us. This this I'm a seemingly feeling your pain. I feel that the love I have for you is probably what's pretty much kept this woman alive, right? She's she built this this uh this this system this um satellite this minor satellite system computer system in her in her in her little shack right. where she can barely feed herself right she's giving away her bread to strangers on the street yeah but yet she's going home and what's feeding her is the hope that this dog is still alive yeah after 60 years and to get so, so close to that, yeah, like you said, to get so close to the thing that has taken all this time maybe is overwhelming. It can get you to the point of this. Um, right. So the confession that I wanted to make was that, uh, you know, off air, I told you I had no freaking clue what the hell was going on in this last issue. Yeah, I, have it I, in get, front it. Of me. I get it. I, but the I thing totally is, through this it. conversation and these things happen, B Roke, I think I think we're I think we're grasping at it. I think we're getting our hands around the big glowing ball. Um and I think we're we might be figuring this thing out. But at, as shown on the page, we see Abel uh, you know, he's he's hurt, but he's he's all right. And he seemingly traverses a version of him traverses through space and is spoken to by the glowing ball of light and the aliens and is told that uh there's not not there's not an ending nothing ends and that there's only ever change mm -hmm. and abel gets back up like nothing happened he's you know and he's like i know what we need to do and uh now is the time and he's not scared anymore and he remembers the gift that they said they were going to give them which was this ball that creates change um we see uh this like touching moment where freaking as she's laying there succumbing to whatever she's going through Elena is concede Pembroke as he got shot you know and the ghost of him is like don't worry about it they they hurt us we 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 got our job done and um yeah she she's she's ready cuz they're almost here it's almost time so Abel says he knows now he knows why change big change and the this glowing ball transforms the entire ship into like these geometrical squares the army thinks that these are weapons so they get ready to attack on them but the the changes are seemingly too fast and maybe even envelop these these fighters um the yelena's granddaughter says that she's scared and she says there's nothing to be afraid of there's not, not nothing to fear and um we see the animals show up in this weird geometrical space and um the spaceship shows up and like a caesar and she sees home and she runs up to her and they embrace and the art changes to that like i said oil painting-esque stuff and then it goes back to normal and then they fade away into a white oblivion and then it ends <laughs> so what i don't know exactly <laughs> Well, I don't know exactly what happened. I don't, and I don't think that's important again. I don't think that's important to know exactly what happened. I think we are touching upon the themes of this. This idea that we often try in many ways, old, young, black, white, male, female, animal, mammal, you know, primate, dog, human. We try to create, and we, we, we created these labels 
to identify, but then we use them to separate. And the more we use them to separate, the more we're able to then treat anyone as other and treat them as if they're not what you are. And thus you deserve respect or love, but does the dog, does the minority, does the, the person of the opposite sex, all that kind of stuff. And it, I, I'm starting to feel like what it's trying to say is like, if these, if these animals, apropos of nothing with all the horrors of the world pushed out of, out of their space, if they can come to terms and realize that they have more similar than they have different, if they can understand that at the core, all of us living, breathing, want love, support, not to be alone, that we can change, we can transcend, that the best of us, when spreading the message that we'll be there for each other, just like Laika was there for Baker and Abel, that we can give the gift of, of that mentality, of that optimism, of that you know, uh, perspective that we all deserve to be loved and we all should see everyone as, you know, members of the same, you know, human race or living things in general, all of it. Until we do that, we won't go through our big change. Until we go through that, we won't, we won't evolve. We won't get bigger as the, as the animals say, And and we will stay the primitive ones. While, while the animals have always been in a position without us to, to maintain an equilibrium amongst each themselves, we're the problem. <laughs> we're the ones kind of messing things up. Mm-hmm. We're the ones kind of jacking things up. And when left to their own devices, nature moves in harmony. And we have it in so long that until we do, we won't, we won't ever evolve as a species. I made all that up right now. I have no idea if any of that's true. <laughs> <laughs> but it sounds good doesn't it it sounds yeah no i mean right it's it's um we, like you said we, before we st- talked on the show you you admitted it you're like i really didn't understand the last issue yeah. i don't really think it's it's a matter of understanding it's to me it's it's one of those few times for me because a lot of times uh, i feel like now you know like people who look at like abstract paintings and say oh it means this no it means this it means this or it's supposed to be this um this is one of those things where look look at it for what it means to you. One hundred percent. You know, I I whether like and you you just gave a whole bunch of different meanings, and it could be all of that. It could be all of that, and I I I love that. I love the fact that this story is not just telling you it's it's about this or it's about this. There's so many layers to this. Uh, yeah. The idea, like you said, the idea of of love. Um, getting going across species and just getting past these labels and these boundaries man just 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 love each other you know he this this person kept herself alive basically in the hopes of finding her dog the dog you know maintained hope throughout space on this weird spaceship with two monkeys in hopes of just getting home to just to 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 get home which is her yeah you know and 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 with the loveliness of it it just she ended the dog didn't care that you know the, the person was 60 years older it was you're my person yeah and instantly instantly knew that that was still home like instantly right. got it like i almost feel i feel like um somebody who just like like the the, the painting just clicked <laughs> you know what I'm saying? like i just i moved it like the eye illusion paintings like mm-hmm. i moved it around yeah. and it just it just clicked i see i see what i see but i don't know 
and I guess I, in many ways, and not to sound mean, I don't guess I don't really care what other people see because I don't care in the sense that it won't change what my opinion is. But I am curious to know what do you what do you get from this? What what did you get that feeling of home? Did you do you feel that personally that that is where the heart's supposed to lie at home? I mean, you're oh, somebody definitely. I mean, with a family I mean, raising. I, you know? I, yes, yes. I mean, I it took me a, like I I still don't quite get all the cube aspect like i mean because you know abel said earlier in the in the story when he when he activated the globe he mm. says big change all you yeah. know so so did, did they just end the world did they just change the world yeah you know what i mean um so i'm, I'm still not quite sure what they're saying with that but i mean again that's it's open to interpretation was it aliens just sitting there going yeah that planet's gotta go <laughs> right 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 or was that saying, hey, no, this is what the planet needs now for to get to that next to get to that next level. But on the uh, on the the more wholesome, the simple story here is yeah, definitely, you know, I mean, um, for, for me, I, I work long hours. I work very, very, very long hours. And, mm -hmm. you know, all I usually want to do is just come home and see my kids and, and see my wife. And that's it. And that's just that's just contentness that's just happiness yeah so I, I i i i get that at the end of this that the dog and her didn't even think about the oblivion that was happening around them because all that mattered was that they were together yeah. and i think that's, that's sometimes what what people would need to remember yeah is you know uh, be happy in what you have you know in today's world i feel like we're always worried about the next thing what's the next thing that's going to make me happy yeah or how you know my happiness is going to change so i have to change everything around me no you don't right find, and it, find i, I think thing. and i think one of those things that kind of supports your um idea of what this means symbolically is the idea that you know, i think a lot of times when you things like that get said like find your home find your person find your love that kind of stuff it feels a bit simplistic and people think well it can't be that simple and i think this story is saying yeah it can it totally fucking can it really can be that simple stop trying to complicate it with all these blocks and fi firepower and you know stop clear your mind it needs to be that white space that you see in the comic find your person and everything else kind of melts away you know, if mm -hmm. you can be honest with yourself about what you want and where you want to be, you can get there and you can get your home, but you got to be honest and you have to have a little bit of optimism. And one of the things I liked about this is that optimism was contagious. You know, that optimism that, that Yelena had, that optimism that Laika had, they got to spread it. And mm -hmm. I, I interpreted it. And again, all of this is I the beholder, but I thought it was like a weird metaphor for like building blocks. Like they were broken down to their very almost their atoms, the building blocks of a person, and yeah. then and then put back together. So yep. if I, mm. if I got a gun to my head, I say that's what happens to the earth. The earth gets disseminated into a bunch of blocks, and then gets put back together better. What better looks like, I guess again, it's up to your interpretation. It's, it's, so, it's up to you, yeah. But so long as you got love, mm. you don't need nothing else, really. That's it. That's it. You know, uh, what do they, uh, all you need is love. love That's it. Love. They, they try to tell this, bro. They try to tell this. I think that was in the right. 60s, too. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. After, yeah. After all the dead dogs. They try yeah. to tell this, bro. They try to tell <laughs> <it>. <laughs> No, um, so, yeah. I mean, that that's that's primordial. Um, yeah. It's, it's, it's not as clear cut as stray dogs. 
No. It's something that you read and it kind of, it sits with you. Right. You know, you, you think about it, you're like, man, oh, I mean, it makes you look at your, your pets differently. You know, I mean, stray dogs does that also, but this one really makes you, whether it's, it's your, your pets or even if next time you go to the zoo, maybe you'll look at the monkeys a little differently. Like, oh man, mm-hmm. you know, like what have we done to you all these years? You know what I mean? You um, can't help but keep pick, pulling stuff out of it. Cause I like, just as you said that I was thinking to myself, that whole, that whole meme of that you'll see, it's not really a meme. It's just, that it's, it's information or a sentiment expressed in meme form, which says that, like, you know, you, you love a dog for, I don't know what, 20 years or something like that, you know, you know, uh, God, uh, Lord help. Uh, but uh, it loves you for its entire life. Right. And we have that almost switched, right, where you have you like Elaine is the dog at the window with her tail wagging, wait, wait, waiting for, <laughs> you know, waiting for her, her person to come back as they said they would, as she knew they would, you know, it, it's all so symbolic and it's all, you know, I, I love that she got her ending because it, it almost shows that perseverance in the face of overwhelming insurmountable odds. If, if, if that perseverance is for love, if it's for family, if it's for home, then it's worth sacrificing for because it will be worth it in the end. And I, I got to believe that I got to. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, cause if you notice too, uh, Abel, Abel, is part of the change yeah. because they're his, I guess for him, he's, he wants to be part of the next thing. Yeah. You know, he realizes there's nothing really here for me. So I'm going to go ahead with the change from the beginning. Yeah. You know, you see, you see, you see Leica and uh Baker hang around for a bit, but, but Abel, Abel what could be worse knows. than what he went through? Nothing right. could be worse than what he went through. And then when right. he changes, he's not necessarily willing to give that to us. He doesn't even want to come back here. Nope. It's it's not until he sees, you know, like he said, you know, like I, I finally get it now. He mm-hmm. realizes that compassion and love needs to be spread, regardless of whether or not or what, what you've been through personally. Right. The world needs to heal. It, it can't mm-hmm. take any more damage. It can't take any more hatred. It can't take any more anger, uh, or exactly. definitely revenge, because hurt people hurt people, and it just sends yeah. uh, it creates a a cycle that never ends. So stop the cycle and hug your dogs, people. <laughs> your damn dogs <laughs> yeah or, or your family members you know right you know? right and so so no no it's, it's, this was a this was a, a great story and again yes. it's it's it shows you how you can tell a great long-lasting story in the span of a few issues six Definitely. issues guys this is six issues yeah um this one i think requires a little bit more time i would say give it a good hour Maybe yeah. and you give know, it a re- really dig- give it a reread. Give it a, give re-read. it a reread. I suggest. Definitely. I highly suggest giving it a reread. It's one of those movies, like um, even like Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind, right? A really, really deep film, but it works better when you rewatch it, so you can pick up all the little things in between. Same thing with Stray Dogs. Read these yep. things. Read these things a million times. But thank you so much for um, suggesting them. Like I said, both of them, I was reading them, I was reading them a little bit, you know, giving a little bit of side acts. I'm like, what is, I'm, I'm trying to figure it out. And in the first case, I couldn't, and it just blew me, you know, it, the expectations blew me out of the water. And in the second one, it was almost telling me, stop trying to figure it out. Stop, relax, read yep. the book, just yep. read the story. Um, and those were both lessons I had to learn, you know, kind of just go through the journey. Uh, I yep. was as clueless as the animals. <laughs> you know no no i mean because that's that's again that's one thing i love about these stories is 
you know, it's not so simple as, oh, the guy wearing the S on his chest is trying to beat the guy in the armor who's a maniacal villain. Right. It's not so simple. It's and and to me, that's more that's more like life. Yeah, you know what I mean. It's it's um, and not, not everything is so uh, black and white. You know, there's a, there's a whole lot of gray, and these stories have a whole lot of gray. Yeah, and I dig that. I dig that. I also think if you're going to create art, and I know this might sound a bit pretentious, but if you're going to create art, have something to say. Pictures are pretty. That's fantastic. But in six issues, I now walked away with like a fundamental life lesson, <laughs> you know, and there are people that could write 30 and not say a word, not say a thing, <laughs> just keep, like I said, dribbling the ball and passing it to the next writer and artist and passing it to the next creative team. I love that that Lemire is so vulnerable in his feelings and they bleed out onto the page. But again, it was a all hands on deck work by the entire creative team that got his vision you know off the ground and like you're talking about masters in their craft at this point because again to tell us such a concise story that doesn't that doesn't explicitly say anything um in such a short amount of time but still convey all the emotions that they conveyed only masters know how to do that and that comes with work that comes with being fearless and that comes with being honest again with yourself and being able to put that kind of uh, media out there so yeah man uh, highly recommended by both of us check out that um, but yeah, thank you for listening to this episode of the Major Issues Podcast. Every single episode of the Major Issues Podcast is available at comicbookclick.com, which is the one stop for everything Comic Book Click. Firstly, every episode of the Major Issues Podcast. Secondly, uh, our T Public store, which has some new Batman merch in there, exclusively designed by me. So go ahead and check out our Comic Book Click shop, which you can get to by going to comicbookclick.com and hitting that shop uh, CBC link. If you like the podcast, odds are you probably didn't find it on comicbookclick.com. We're trying to get more people to get it from there, but I we see the majority of our people come from Apple Podcasts. So I just want to reiterate that we are still available wherever podcasts are found. You don't have to download a new podcast app just to listen to us. If you listen to podcasts on Spotify, we're on Spotify. Pandora, we're on Pandora. We're on Podbean, Stitcher, Podcast Addict, the Apple Podcast app, TuneFind, YouTube, iHeart, and now on Facebook. So if you follow all of our social media links, you'll be able to get our episodes and we drop every single Wednesday. We haven't not we haven't missed one yet. Knock on Vibranium. But um, we are doing our best to provide that content free of charge. And seeing as that now there's 220 episodes of this podcast out, that's easily 400 hours of content <laughs> sitting around somewhere. So go ahead and consider checking wow. out any of that kind of stuff. Wow. <laughs> checking out any of that kind of wow. stuff. Um, and, and like I said, I get to do the best thing in the world, which is talk about my favorite medium with some awesome people who all have all kinds of different perspectives and likes and dislikes. And we challenge each other and we laugh together. And it we, we've done that for 20, 220 episodes. So go back into our archives and check out the rest of those. I mentioned our social media links. You can go to facebook.com slash comic book click, Instagram at comic book click. And you can use the hashtag comic book click to talk about the newest, hottest, latest and greatest things to come to comic books and comic book media. We're also at Major Issue CBC on Twitter, constantly posting updates, our schedule, and all that kind of stuff, which we have to work on the summer schedule soon. Uh, we got some big stuff uh, ready for that. But uh, we do this free of charge every single week. Consider supporting us, and you can do so by, like I said, buying some of our merch at 
tpublic.com, um, which you can get to by going to comicbookclick.com. Uh, you can rate and review us on iTunes. That's for free. And we grow as podcasters and we get recommended to people looking for our kind of podcast. So consider doing that, sharing us, telling a friend to tell a friend. That's another way to support. But the biggest way to support us monetarily is becoming a patron. Go to patreon.com slash CBC Clubhouse. And all of these are in the show notes. But go to patreon.com slash CBC Clubhouse. And for as little as $3 a month, 10 cents a day, you get exclusive early access to some of the things that we do like CBC reacts and you get to help us keep the lights on as we continue to try to purchase hardware and software to produce more quality content for you guys free of charge so consider getting in on a bit of the contributions there all of the contributions we've been getting from the monetary ones to just the words of encouragement have been helpful so much so thank you guys as we continue this journey uh, with the major issues podcast and comic book click but don't forget man we become the newest hottest and latest and greatest thing to come to comic books and comic book media but i can't tell you how we've done it i went to the future there were some monkeys screaming there were some spaceships i can't tell you too much it will erase all of it like marty mcfly so we have to just stay on the bandwagon there's a couple of seats left on the bandwagon get your friends on before it becomes full and we will see you guys uh next week be rogue you got anything for the fine people Yes, uh, guys, do all that good stuff. Uh, my wife was wearing one of uh, George's beautifully designed shirts not so long ago in good public. Stuff. And I mean, uh, random people were just shouting out to her. She came home. She was like, oh, man, so many people said to me, classic story. Dig the shirt. You know, long live the X-Men. Awesome. And she had, she, had, she, had a, she had a big kick out of it. Uh, the shirts are awesome. So, yeah, um, just help support the channel. These, these, these podcasts are done purely out of love and for yeah. for, dan for for nothing so so just throw us a little bit of support man uh like sally struthers used to say back in the day for 10 cents a day you too can support a child for we're, less we're than just, the, the cost of a cup of coffee of a coffee yeah you know <laughs> for, right exactly so um you know we're, we're a couple big kids so just just help help support us help support the channel so we can keep giving you guys this fun content and talk more and more about this weird stuff yeah, man, it's it's been an absolute blast. And now I'm thinking of like uh, Abel and Baker in one of those in the arms of an angel commercials <laughs> when you got to That's right. That's right. Money. <laughs> well, that well, well, according according to the story, they're still drifting in space. We won't uh, see them for another two years. That's true. Hopefully, we're podcasting <laughs> in two years and we can talk. You know, we can talk about their arrival. You know, in 2024, when we start turning into cubes, we'll be like, "Oh, we we knew it. There, here it is." <laughs> <laughs> I can't beat that, ladies and gentlemen. I can't beat that. My name is George Serrano, a.k.a. The Don. And I am B. Roke, a.k.a. Alex. And this has been our recap and review of both Stray Dogs and Primordial. And remember, whether you're a stray dog, a house dog, or a dirty dog, a cosmonaut, a Soviet, or ready for the big change, remember that we are the clique. Remember, only love can change the world. And remember that you, yes, you are worthy. <laughs>